the Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night. All day. What, you dirty freaks? Listen, we had an issue. We had a little a little sound issue. We wanted to make sure that everything was clean and smooth since you guys are here. And this is sound is a very important part of what you do. Oh, yeah. I don't have to key tell you lifestyle. this. It is a key to your lifestyle. <laughs> so, uh, hey, what's up, fuckers? What are you doing? We're, you know, we're chilling. We're so excited to be in California. Yeah, what happened? Nashville lost its charm? Well, it, oh, it was snowing bit. when we left. Let's put it that way. Was and it really? Yeah, it was snowing. And it's really interesting because the whole city really shuts down. Like, like schools close. And I'm talking like a, a mild dusting. Just like They just don't know what ready to do with no, it. Not, it no. Well, it's like rain out here. If right. it rains here, people freak out. Well, worse though, drive. right? The freak out, you mean? Like Joey, yeah, Joey, was it Tom Segura Joey was with? I forget who he was with in um, Oregon. They were up in Oregon doing shows, and it, a freak snowstorm yeah. blanketed the city, and then it got icy rain below it. Yeah. Well, so it was snow on top of icy rain. It was just the whole city just shut down. It, it, I mean, if, if they don't have the, you know, uh, the salt trucks and all that stuff, and if people don't know how to drive it, they really shouldn't, you know? But it's really interesting. I mean, they, they closed school for like three days and you know the roads were really fine right it was just it was amazing it was, what what do you guys think about so nashville has the charm worn off are you bored with it already <laughs> man well we just talked we came back the other night we got got into la yesterday and walked into this bar and all these people that i knew were there and all these friends and it just felt good man and there's friends there's really nashville's interesting because when you first get there it's such an open community and people welcome you in and everyone's sweet and you have friends and all of a sudden you you, you go out to a bar and you know people but there's a difference when you see people you've been with for eight years ten years it just feels good man. right right so coming back i, I don't it's know it's so got goddamn kinda, beautiful got kind of wistful do you guys do you do you miss the, like the largeness of the city or is it the people the attitude like do, did you feel different like a different vibe. I've never lived in Nashville. Yeah. But did you get like Definitely. a different vibe from the people? Yeah. I mean, the, the di- well, first of all, I mean, you can drive around the whole city in like 15 minutes. I mean, it's just you're the days feel longer because you're not stuck in your car trying to get here to there like you do in L.A. It doesn't you know, what I mean, it's you just sort of like everything is really accessible. Which is which was great because as far as our productivity and working on the record, which is kind of why we went there um, to write and have all this space, which we're and then we just kept, we, still not yeah, done. We didn't do it there. We keep coming back here to work on it. Yeah, but you know, it's it's true. So it's really interesting, like how you know there, there's a there's a number of reasons why you know it's it's a much more affordable town and all that stuff. But but when you when I come to California now, I really feel like like this intense energy like you're like vibrating it's so exciting and i just you know you kind of feel like it's like this shock of you know you're just awake and there's all this stuff happening there's so many so many fucking people right and nashville's great it's just like really chill is you know? that good sometimes yeah. but sometimes I, but when you have it for a long time you kind of get a little stir crazy Hmm. It just doesn't look have the diversity. Look at my crazy eyes. Yeah, yeah. The diversity. <laughs> what are you going to do next? The diversity? Well, there's not, here it's a completely different game in terms of that. There, there's this really interesting smush going on of like Bible Belt, conservatism, yeah. and freaky people. You know, there's kind of the yeah. freaky people area, but that's spreading. Quickly. Freaky people are spreading. Yeah. We're winning. Weirdos. Yeah. Weirdos always win. We always <laughs> win. It's more fun to be a weirdo. It's true. That Bible Belt shit. Once you catch a few of them fucking kids, you know, and <laughs> doing weird shit, <laughs> we're supposed to be all 
highfalutin. That's yeah, kind of game over there. Yeah, it's game over. They start losing credibility. Mm-hmm. You know? I definitely feel a little more self-aware in Nashville as far as like my, you know, my fucking potty mouth and my, you know, just being loud and loud obnoxious. And, you know, because there's a lot more, I feel like not, there's I mean, a lot. A no, way. I am. I'm pretty That's obnoxious. I mean, I'm pretty, you know, I'm we, we all get that much way time when together, you get liquored up. You picked it up. But but I think, I think people are a little more reserved there. <laughs> of course, yeah. You know? I generally... Uh, really enjoy playing there. I think it's one of my favorite places to play. I love the people there. I love the small town thing about it, too. I just think people are super friendly there. But mm-hmm. I wonder if I would go crazy if I lived there. Yeah, the Bi- the they, Bible Belt thing would probably drive me but crazy. But you, you can avoid it. Yeah. And it's, honestly, it's, it seems fairly segregated. It's like you mm-hmm. just don't walk down that street. That's know? hilarious. Yeah, that street, amazing. people believe in dinosaurs. This street, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> oh, really? Somebody tweeted me something with some woman, you know, that was talking about uh, that dinosaurs must have probably drowned, and she wasn't trolling, uh, that, that uh, Noah didn't have room for them on the ark, so they probably no. all drowned. They would have eaten just it was on her Facebook like... page, and someone someone sent me a tweet. Can you believe this silly bitch? And it was to her Facebook page because it was so ridiculous that random people that didn't even know her were going to her Facebook page. And be like, bitch, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> oh, no. Dinosaurs drowned. It's fucking Russell Crowe's fault. He decided to do this goddamn Noah movie, and the whole thing gets stirred up again. It's Russell Crowe. I haven't seen anything about that. Gosh. He's Noah. Mm. He's Dar- It's a Darren Arfonsky, whatever his name is. Yeah, Arfonsky. Aronofsky. 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 Yeah. yeah. Who's uh, apparently a bad motherfucker. He's yeah. done a lot of pretty badass movies, right? Yeah. What, what else has he done? Um, oh, God. Um, did he do Gladiator? I don't think you know so. what? I don't want to out myself as, uh, as Darren I don't know who that is. Aronofsky Have you seen the, uh, the ads for Noah? Nope. It looks pretty it looks exciting. Bro, damn. It looks exciting. I would love to give him a French braid. Would you really? Sure. Like Rocket <laughs> Jamaica style? Look, he's checking. What's Look going on? He's like the Denzel. Of white people? <gasps> yeah. Hmm. No. He kind of does this. What did he say? Denzel never got fat. <laughs> <laughs> when did Russell Crowe get fat? I think he's fat right now. He's, he's, that's muscle. Man. He just looks warmer. Man corrupted this world. Whoa. He filled it with violence. That guy's no cardio. So we must be destroyed. But yeah, besides, he got game. Have you seen him? Denzel can ball. I love movies like this. I freak out. You love this movie? Yeah, Well, no, I like movies like this. Like, you know... Fa- I don't want to, you know, fantasy kind of like Lord of the Rings. I'm so gay for Lord of the Rings. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I really enjoy Lord of the Rings too. I love fantasy movies. They're fun. Yeah. I, I was I had high hopes for the new Conan movie. Didn't really work did that out. out? It's terrible. Missed Piece that of one. shit. But it was good. Like halfway into it, I was like, it's still pretty good. And then, uh, yeah. No. The new Conan is the guy from Game of Thrones who played. Um, the barbarian oh, dude God, that was yeah. banging Khaleesi. Love that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big, Bet you do. Bet your eggs love him too. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I oh, met that man. dude. He's a very nice guy too. Big That's giant great. handsome bastard. And uh, he was the perfect Conan. I mean, Isn't perfect. he married to like Lenny Kravitz's daughter or something? Could be. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the guy's pimping. That'll work. That'll that'll last. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> way to be optimistic. Believe no, the love, guy, so. he's, he's awesome. I mean, he's just too handsome to be running around there. Yeah, married to anybody. Mm-hmm. But uh, the uh, the movie was like it held promise. You know, it, like looked like it was going to be good, but like all these fucking movies, it eventually falls apart, unfortunately. But I gave it a shot. I don't even remember that coming out. Did it get good reviews or did? Nope, dog shit reviews. <laughs> it just wasn't wow. that good. But he's the perfect Conan. If they had a, a good writer, like if you got James Cameron involved and he, you know, put together like some Avatar type Conan movie, yeah. it would be the shit. Because the guy's the perfect Conan. The guy can act his ass off. He's yeah. good. 
You know, he really would have been Conan, but they gave him a dog shit movie. That's a bummer. It is. Yeah. And you can't turn that role. It's like a, it's a huge role. You know, you can't turn it down exactly. and then, then everything else falls through. Well, Poor nobody guy. remembers anyway. You guys didn't remember. Nobody remembers. Yeah, I had no idea. You know? I think making movies must be hard. Oh, fuck that's, yeah. That's the sense I get. It's no, impossible. It's so, easy. <laughs> so yeah, you do it at home. There's like, <laughs> it's so many people involved. There's too Not many people. Joke. The yeah. beautiful thing about what you guys do is who do you, you know, you fucking talk amongst yourselves. You know, you say you want more of this and he says he wants more of that and together you find some sort of a happy medium and you create your shit. Could you imagine if you had a bunch of money people? Well, I'm not saying it's easy at all, but it's less intervention than than you making a movie, man. You got hundreds of people that have their say. You have so many people that you have you have to. It depends on what kind of movie you're making. If you're making an independent movie, right? You have your even then independent. You guys still have to deal with actors. Fifteen people. Some actor wants to do a fucking monologue in the middle of the scene. You're like, bro, that's not the part. The part is not. He doesn't do a monologue, man. I'll do it if I could do a monologue. Well, it's a different movie then. Ad-libbing. The guy's deaf. He can't talk. Well, I just feel like he could be like the end. Psych. Here's what I had to say. Psych. You know? Always about making choices. It's just a choice. It's it's just, when you deal with a lot of people, it's very difficult to have a creative vision that goes through. Do you guys have any, like, does your manager ever say, look, you need more more jokes or more uh, songs about this or more songs about Um, that? We've had stuff like that before. Is it gross? Yeah, well, I mean, we at the end of the day, it's like if you have we really well, yeah, we you know no, back no, in the I day, think we're too difficult to work with like that. We don't right now. We don't have a manager right now. Maybe that's yeah. what happened. I met your manager. It all fell. Was it? Did I meet your agent or your manager? You met our. He was our manager. I then he remember. became an agent. Yeah, and that that oh. was an amicable thing, but just I don't know, kind of like the yeah, tides like, of time. Yeah, I don't time. like you. You don't like me. Let's get out of here. <laughs> no, <laughs> That's like it was amicable it was divorces. Love. It there was, really... was love. When people say amicable divorces, like, well, it's amicable. Well, if it, no, it's not amicable. You got so sick of each other that you went to court. Okay, don't tell me it's amicable. You <laughs> might new... like each other still as human beings, but that shit ain't amicable. You don't live together anymore. You don't fuck. You guys got divorced, son. That's not, <laughs> oh, that's not amicable. Yeah. I heard a new term for that today, though. Because I was reading about the Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin. It just came up. I wasn't oh, looking no, for it. Oh, no, are they splitting up? It's a unconscious... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Conscious unpartnering. Conscious I always uh, unpartnering. You know? Janet Gwyneth Paltrow splitting Dis- up with her man. Dispartnering. So sad. Look, I'm... I'm- I'm a fucking romantic. Okay? Hey, I bet you yeah. are. Let love live. I believe so. it. Hey, but listen, there's nothing wrong with love. Hey, but I'm, also I'm just really saying, bad how long do you want to live with Gwyneth Paltrow for, though? Or that guy from Coldplay. I'm sure he's a fucking whiny vagina, too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, anybody who writes and sings those songs, beautiful songs as they may be, why are you not like... A lot of tears, a lot of single yeah, tears. In how come your songs aren't about celebrating the fact that you're a fucking rock star? Yeah. <laughs> how come your songs aren't... Celebrating the Maybe fact that Maybe that's what we should do, Ben. It's hard and then to write actually come shit. to fruition. Yeah. It, it truly is. It's a celebration. You're unbelievable. Cool and the gang knew how to do it. Yeah, Stevie Wonder knew how to do it. But most people, I, I bet most of the bands that you listen to write depressing shit a lot right. of the time. Right? We're pretty dark. Is that easier? Yeah, we have no it's just easy to access that stuff, or easier. I mm. guess. Is it easier also to not be like like a sort of a superficial dummy who's singing about happiness? Like if you sing about moodiness, like you're automatically yeah. deep and meaningful. Yeah, bro. Like well, I remember that movie <clears throat> Twenty One Grams. You remember that movie? God, mm-hmm. I just saw that recently. It's so sad. It's so sad. And I made a decision after I saw that movie. I said, never again will I go see a movie that's trying to make me sad. Yeah. Like, I don't, 
I don't buy the idea that it's deep because it makes you feel like shit. Yeah. I don't buy it. I know what you're doing. You're, you're, it's, this is a game here. Mm-hmm. Everything <laughs> falls apart. Everything goes to shit. And at the end, you feel all this loss. And then I leave. I know what you did. You guys fucked me. You pretended that you were doing something deep. You're not. You're just doing something depressing. Yeah. Depressing and deep are not the same goddamn well, what are thing. You, what are your thoughts on on? Um, I recently saw that movie. Is, uh, was it The Lone Ranger? Wait, no, not The Lone Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> there was some that was yeah, so depressing. Johnny right? right? Depp yeah. is not a fucking <laughs> Indian. Okay. <laughs> not The Lone Ranger. Not The Lone Ranger. What the uh, the one with Mark Wahlberg? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. The Lone uh, Soldier, Lone, lone Survivor. Lone Survivor. God, Samsonite. Yeah. Um, it was. But but that was based off of a true story yes. and actually has some relevance as far as the reality that we live in right now. Yes, um, definitely. But that that is a little bit different. That's not necessarily like, hey, I'm making this movie to fuck you up. Yeah. But I, it it really fucked me up. I I had to go drive around for like 20 minutes after I left the movie theater, and it was um, I mean, did you see it? I watched part of it. Um, those movies kind of bum me out. Yeah. Um, Marcus Luttrell is a guy I've met at the UFC a few times. The okay. guy who's the, the story, the story's based on, he's actually in the movie, had a part. He did. Yeah. But he, um, you know, his real story. You've met I, him. Yeah. Wow. I, I have a real hard time, um, watching dramatizations with Marky Mark and someone yeah. else playing these guys. I know it was awesome and I'm not putting him down. I, I love Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, a huge fan. I thought he was great in that movie with The Rock. He's fucking great. Kid's a great actor. It's not that. It's just I know he's Marky Mark. He'll you know, always not, be Dirk Diggler, though. He would, yeah, whoever he is, he's Mark Wahlberg. I know he's Mark Wahlberg, yeah. and I know who the guy is. Mm-hmm. I know that guy, Marcus Luttrell, is a real person. So when I'm watching a recreation, it's, it's weird, but I can't sure. separate myself from the art. I enjoy them much more in works of fiction than I do in re- recreations. I never enjoy recreations because I'm always like, that okay. didn't fucking happen like that. That's probably bullshit. So He's, you weren't pumped about Titanic is what you're saying? Well, Titanic is different <laughs> because it had Leonardo and Kate. And the they chemistry were, there just went right to the tinker. That was, that was I knew it. He was like a <laughs> tramp and a young man with passion, poetry in his heart. Um, no, it's just I think I don't like recreations. You know, I just I I know there's too much fuckery involved in the creation of those things. So are you more of a kind of like a Frozen guy? I love Frozen. <laughs> See, I saw it twice. Here we go. I love it. I have this. a five year old and a three year old. They love it. it. You come over to my house at any point in time and you hear, "Let it go, let it go." Okay. <laughs> They'll start singing at the drop of hat. They jump up on the couch wow. and start singing. That's amazing. Hey, little girls love princesses, man. There's, there's nothing you can do about that. There's this rapper that has the second best song, but he's like, man, I could have had the number one song if it wasn't because of the Frozen soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine that? You just- Frozen is <laughs> a good fucking movie, man, for little kids. It's That's not great. a good movie for adults, but as an adult, you can enjoy it. Like mm-hmm. I find that there's a lot of these movies that they, they're made for little kids, yeah. but they do a really good job, and mm-hmm. you can actually sit and enjoy the movie with your kids. Like sure. I, I saw Mr. Peabody's oh, okay. movie. The Lego movie's Lego a perfect example. It's a good I fucking movie. You didn't see that by yourself, did you not? I, easy there. Yeah, but yeah, I did. It was a good movie. And it, and it brought me up. I felt like I was walking out with a whole bunch of friends. <laughs> I saw Mr. Peabody the, in the Wayback Machine this weekend, whatever the fuck it's called. It's really good. First of all, the animation is fucking amazing. Oh, the dog. The dog that made a time that machine. Dope. It's fucking badass. It's fun. I didn't see yeah. it. Damn it's it. Ba- it's interesting. It's fun, you know? And it's it's also like the just what they can do with animation now when they operating the time machine. You're like, God damn, yeah. they make shit look beautiful. Mm. 
you know, makes Scooby-Doo look like dog shit. <laughs> you know, you stop and look at the kind of, th- like, this is Mr. Peabody. Really? This was good? Yeah. No, you got to see the uh, the Time Machine series when he actually uses the Time Machine. You got to find, look for it and find a video that when, when they operate the Time Machine. You see the graphics involved. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. These kids today, they're so spoiled <laughs> yeah, with it's beauty. True. It's true. I liked Up. I was a big fan of Up. Up was great. That came out. Yeah. But that's depressing as fuck. That guy's but essentially think, suicidal. No, I think it's good br- to have a little darkness for kids. You have to get a little introduction into reality. Broads. I am. I am. Because I'll be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not going to get into details, but like I had a, a real solid shattering of my idealism in my adulthood that was like really intense. And it's, it's interesting when you sort of, I mean. Just, Up could have prepared you for that. Well, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. No, I'm not, I'm kind of fucking around, but I'm not fucking around. No, but 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 I'm serious. As far as like you know, the princess reality for little mm-hmm. kids, you know, if you if you sort of had this like fairy tale, right? It's just and and not in a, an aggressive way. Um, so my ex boyfriend wrote this book that is actually it's, it's a children's book. It's called Kate's First Mate, um, and it's about relationships, but it's written as a children's book, and it's actually really amazing. And he sells it um, like hotcakes. And, hmm. and all these like kind of little hipster stores in California, and um, it's published, and it's a really interesting look at um, you know cho- choosing a partner for you know when you're a kid, and just sort of rather than like Prince Charming comes in on a white horse, you know it's right. it just sort of has this really great way to kind of just give a small introduction to kids about you know reality, and sometimes it doesn't work out, and you go through the storm, and then you come out, you know captaining the ship with your uh, with your partner you know what's interesting man uh, man you know man yeah, bro. Uh, people friends babe what's interesting friends <laughs> is how um how much they're trying to take they, when they take old stories and they pull all the teeth out of them like it's it's really kind of fascinating like like you, the big bad mean? wolf or okay. any of these stories like there there's this uh this trend what is this uh, there's a lot of people that think that Disney's frozen. It's teaching kids to be like gay, like okay. Disney's gay propaganda. Um, Excellent, fucking idiots. Mm. Why? What's, what's gay about Frozen? They they said that the the main character uh, with the other girl. I never saw it, so I, I don't know. But the main sisters, character, the yeah. sister, that they're gay. Yeah. Oh my god! Just don't even click on that. And, That's just morons. And about bestiality too, because of the, the <laughs> oh, animals were her friends. Oh, and it's teaching right. kids about bestiality. What about your pet? You, you should bring that shithead. person on the podcast. I'd like to see that one. Not even. Yeah, they know where the podcast is. <laughs> Fuck all these fucking dummies. God damn it. I don't remember what we were talking about. Uh, the, how they took the old uh, old Yeah, uh, they, they take all these stories, like the Big Bad Wolf and they Little, Little Red Riding Hood, and they kind of like dress it down. They take away all the violence and the scariness out of it. And you Wait, get are you a talking about like for, for kids? For kids. For, oh, okay. Like Rapunzel. Here's a perfect example. <clears throat> yeah, that the, shit was scary. Like the real yeah. ones were really scary. That witch, she she I took Rapunzel, cut her hair off, <laughs> and pretended that the guy was climbing her hair and then pushed him off and he got blinded. That's the original story. He fell into a briar bush and his oh, eyes yeah, yeah, got yeah. fucking gouged out. That's oh, the original yeah, story. If you read the original one, you're like, whoa. All that yeah. Brothers Grimm yeah. stuff. All that stuff Gretel was dark. Like, you know, like sticking out a dead chicken bone. They think it's their finger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the wolf ate Little Red Riding Hood and the grandmother. 
I mean, she died in the original one. <laughs> the, in the original oh one, God. she was eaten <laughs> by the wolf, and then somehow or another, the hunter cut her out of the wolf or something like that. You know what? I do remember that. Yeah, the yeah. grandma and her—they're both okay. Cut them out, like. Yeah, let's ki- bring it back to real town. You know, <laughs> this is what's really happening. Uh, well, it's just weird how you know they try to like slowly but surely over time take the teeth out of a lot of those things. Yeah. It's like if you go back and watch cartoons from like when I was a kid, mm-hmm. they were all about violence. Violence. Yeah. Cartoons were all about anvils falling on people's heads yeah, and but explosions then, but then, spinning like, a duck's beak around a circle. Yeah, but then you have some really terrible things that there's never one thing, one reason to blame for when there's like a school shooting or something like that. But then that is the basis of changing the whole, you know, viewing um, demographic and, you know, watering it down so it's not as violent. Like, you know, I, I don't I don't really have an opinion on it. But but I, that's where it comes from. I, mean, I don't know like, if there's a direct correlation between viewing violence and enacting violence. I'm really not sure if there is, nor yeah. am I sure if it's ever been proven. Because you see more violence now than ever, and I would say that it's probably the least violent time we've ever existed in yeah. uh, on Earth. But I know that kids have done shit they saw in commercials or in, in cartoons, rather. Mm-hmm. My cousin Mikey hit his brother over the head with a frying pan because he thought it was going to turn into <laughs> one of those that. shapes. I've heard other people do that. <laughs> the head boners. Swear to God. Fucking cracked him over the head because oh, he thought it was no. going to like turn to the shape of a frying pan. Oh, he fucking God. walked up to his little brother and went, uh, bong. And you hear screaming, oh and the, the dad beat the shit out of him. It was craziness. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was dark. It was dark. How'd he come out? Is he okay? He's fucked up. That kid's always been fucked okay. up. I avoided him ever since I was like seven. When I, right when I get out of Catholic school, I avoided my cousin, too. <laughs> no. <laughs> so much. I don't know. I could, it might not even been my cousin, Mikey. Mike might have actually been his neighbor, now that I think about it. Either way, not good to hit kids in the f- head with a frying pan. Yeah. And he learned it from a television Something show. To avoid. Some Wait cartoon. You bong, yeah. and the, your head is like, you gotta do that thing. <laughs> it shakes it back. Oh, boy. Nobody ever dies, but everybody gets blown to fucking smithereens. I mean, all the shit that happened to Wally Coyote. Yeah. And, you know, at the end, he would pop his head up, and fucking dust would fall off of him. And That's he's so fine. Funny. That fucker. Yeah. Hmm. But it was all violence. There's none of that today. You will never see a, a kid's show today that has violence in it. Yeah. They just don't have it. Everything's cutesy. I don't pie. know. Kung Fu Panda was pretty hardcore. Yeah, was cool. <laughs> We're raising pussies. No one shot the panda. Right? The panda should have been hit with a That's fucking true. missile. Yeah, there was a lot of there was, guns there some in cannonballs old folklore in and whatever. Rifles. Yeah, yeah. Cannonballs? A little bit. But no one got hurt, right? No, no, there was no serious injury. Feelings yeah, were hurt, died. though, and that's important. Yeah. Humans were hurt? <laughs> feelings. What, you know, like feelings. Oh, feelings are more valuable sometimes. But at the same time, you have this whole world of really fucked up abstract cartoons and shit, right, that is available to kids. It's not presented to them, really. But if you Google some weird stuff, um, you can find anything you want. You can be a five-year-old now. And probably if you're a five-year-old that's Googling, your parents are doing a shitty fucking job. Listen, Maybe dude, you, so. don't, you don't leave five-year-olds in front of a fucking computer Yeah, I ever. don't have kids. I can't. I have no... Yeah. No, it's a lot <laughs> older than a, age. I was but, a nanny back in the day. You were saying something. No, no, that was... That was it. I just figured this was me assuming or guessing that you can get into some weird stuff too. You could if you had no oversight. Yeah. But you should have oversight when you're five. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we were talking about when I was a uh, when I did a magic show on Fisherman's <laughs> Wharf when I was eight. Why <laughs> did I insane, do that? Man. Because nobody was watching me. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like you know, anybody tells you I was raised correctly, uh, you know, I point to that and go, Do you think it's an eight year old <laughs> should be able to just walk down the street and not tell anybody where he's going? Yeah. That's ridiculous. No. Like that's not a good move. That's that's pretty profound, though, that you were... Like, did you take the train or walked. something? You walked. Holy yeah. shit. 
Well, I lived was in San Francisco. Nighttime? Yeah, no, it was during the day. I, I lived pretty close to Fisherman's Wharf, and I noticed that people were doing these um, one-person shows on Fisherman's Wharf. They had like a little box out, and people would throw money in it. So yeah. I did a magic show. Wow. People yeah, threw that's money. amazing. And it, it's almost good that no one stopped you, right? You didn't have oversight, and you figured your shit out. Maybe something horrible could have befallen yeah, you. Yeah, I almost got raped by some dude. <laughs> did you? <laughs> but you didn't. Yeah, I got lucky. The librarian, librarian saw the guy and yelled. I was ready to go out to this guy's car. Yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I was the same age. I was, um, I was really into monsters, like monster books and stuff like that. So yeah. I was at the library in the monster section pulling out these books. And this oh guy God. came up to me and told me that he had monster books in his car. And uh, I didn't Holy know shit. any better. I was only eight years old. So I was like, okay, you got monster books? Like, yeah. I thought it's just a guy with monster books. You're like, I'll sit in your lap for some monster books. And as I was walking <laughs> towards the car, <laughs> as I was walking towards the car, the librarian starts screaming. Screaming, you know, you get away from him. That wow. guy just got out of prison. That guy just got out of prison. Really? Oh, Jesus Christ. Wow. Yeah, apparently he Ugh. was like a known pedo, and oh they would have God. to watch him when he would go to the library because you'd go scouting around for kids. That's yeah. That's some scary shit. I, I had some weird stuff when I was a kid. You know, there was this uh, older boy who was in the neighborhood, and, um, I was a little tomboy. I'd always be like playing in the backyard, you know, like, you know, I don't know, like chopping trees, whatever. We had, Grew up on an acre. Um, and I had this really interesting moment where I was in the backyard and I was obsessed with fishing. I loved to fish. I still do. And um, I'd always talk about it. You know, I was really weird. Didn't have a lot of friends. <laughs> and this older boy was like maybe 14 and I was 9 or 10. <clears throat> comes out of the wood line. He's like, hey, Suzanne, there's a largemouth bass in the creek. you got to come see it right now. you got to come see it. And I remember, like, being like, oh, okay, let me get my shoes. Like, I'm, I'm going to, okay, I got to go to the house. And, like, I, I think my parents were out. And my sisters and I would always, like, we were, when we were kids, everybody would be running around, like, playing, you know, baseball. Like, there was, a, like, a pack of kids. And my sisters were home. But I, I didn't know where they were. And I ran upstairs to get my shoes. And then all of a sudden I had this moment of, uh, I was t- totally terrified. I was just, all of a sudden I felt, like, really weird. And I... I went upstairs in my bedroom, which overlooked the backyard, and I, I watched him, and I didn't leave. I got really scared. And um, and I, I watched him, and I watched him kind of wait around for a while and leave. And, like, later this kid was, like, like years later, he was, like, blowing up squirrels in his treehouse. And, like, got, like, he was hurting, like, the neighborhood animals and, like, got into some serious trouble. Like, he was a violent kid. And now as an adult, like, there's... There's no way there was a largemouth bass in the creek. It was like this tiny little creek. And I really do, when I think about it, I feel like I avoided a, 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 a really weird situation. I, wow. Who fucking knows? But who fucking knows? I mean, you might have been the first one that he killed. It might have been the uh, the circumstances were know. right. You never know. But I, I really, like, it was like, it's it's so funny. Like, I don't remember everything, but I will never forget that feeling of like, like, I was just terrified. I, yeah. I didn't want to go back. And, and you I, never know, like, certain circumstances, like, people are, like, really close to doing something fucked up and never do it until a circumstance arises that might have been the circumstance that pushed the guy over the edge well the person that blows up animals in their treehouse has yeah. some serious issues if you ask me well anybody who does torturous animals <laughs> yeah. that's like one of the first things they look for yeah you know when when you find out that your son has been nailing a squirrel to a board and sticking sticks up its ass and stuff like that like that oh, that kid's God. a monster like you got you got a bunch of bad connections yeah and you should take the little fucker fishing Take him out in the middle of the ocean. Sorry, it didn't work out. Sorry, well, buddy. see you later. Sorry, pal. I raised a monster. <laughs> Gotta take it out. Take oh, it out boy. to the ocean. 
Yeah. Still you, love fishing, though. Fishing's God great. Damn. Fishing's great. Psycho's bad. We rented a pontoon <laughs> boat in, in Tennessee. That was really fun. Tennessee's got we some great bass fishing. Went out with a bunch of friends. Didn't catch a fish, but Nothing. man, drank a whole bunch of beer. Got a suntan, if you can believe that, because I'm white as goat cheese. It's very rare. But so are you guys going to move back? What are you going to do? Man. we got to make some money first. We're talking about it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we got to finish this record. Can we, we live in your basement? <laughs> My basement has an isolation tank in it. Oh, God. For we'll be in there. Hey, did we talk about that? Thank we you didn't for tell, putting yeah. us in that tank. Oh, did you get in time. it? <laughs> we did. Yeah. yeah, we met Crash. <laughs> How was the experience? No, we didn't talk about it. How was it? It was It was awesome. I, uh, I kind of freaked out at one point. Did you? Yeah, because I started to get really... Um, I was like, oh my God, what if uh, what if Crash forgot to close the air or open the air thing? And I and I started to like, and I was like, oh, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And I was like trying to find the door, and then I got the water in my eye, and I was like, oh god! Oh my god! You panicked, disaster! Oh yeah, I lost it. You panicked. How Super dare you? Super cute. It was a real cute, precious moment I had naked in that tank. Wow, that's hilarious. Yeah, it next time, though. relax. I know. Well, you know, story. You'll be fine. It's, it's hard. That's a new experience. Man. Yeah. That is not a something I'm accustomed to. That's the thing about it. It's like, it's not one of those things you get used to the first time. And you get better at it. The, like, my body's so used to it that I get in there and it, my body goes, oh, we're in the tank. Yeah. And then I just let go, like, immediately. But, like, the first, when I first started doing it, <clears> I'd be like, I had all this sure. busy work. Like, I'd want to itch something. It's like meditation. Something, yeah. yeah. But now you could just settle in. But you can come up with some great ideas in there, too. It's like you never yeah, get a sure. chance to be alone with yourself yeah. like you do in that tank. If you really want to be a moody, depressing fuck and write some <laughs> shit that's going to make people cry, like, no thanks. that's the spot. <laughs> that's the spot. <laughs> in a box of blackness. Or figure things out. You know, yeah. I, I just think there's no better place for me to figure things out. Like anytime I have real problems in my life, anytime there's any disputes or anytime I'm doing something I don't want to be doing, I, right. I get in that tank and it sort of provides me with the resources to come up with the right answers. Other, because other than that tank, you don't you don't get alone time like that. You never get alone you time from your body. Or that's where you meditate. No, I don't ever meditate outside the tank. Yeah. Except I guess a little bit doing yoga. I guess mm -hmm. a little bit of that's meditation, but. It's yoga, you know. It's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. The tank is just the mind, you know. But I don't, I don't fuck around with regular meditation. Yeah. To me, it's like, it's like running when you have a car. Like I want to get to Vegas. Um, probably better drive. You know, yeah. take a lot longer to walk. Like just Why sitting. Why would you there, walk to Vegas? <laughs> this is what oming is. It's walking to Vegas. <laughs> I don't know. I'm into it. I, I'm, I, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Try I'm already like calming down just listening to you your, do that. <laughs> if you get a tank in the basement and ohm in the tank, it's a total, it's some next level shit. <laughs> I ohm in the tank. Okay. I ohm in the tank. Do, I do uh, these breathing exercises in the tank where I, I breathe in for one minute and then I breathe out for one Holy minute. Holy shit. Yeah, one oh slow God. minute breathing in and one slow minute breathing out. Breathing so out when was it really that you hard. discovered that you, in fact, actually were Jason Bourne? <laughs> uh, you know the first Jason Bourne movies I skills. enjoyed, but the new one with that fucking guy, oh, I, I'd the still, new guy, Jeremy still Renner, let him. It's too much walk. fake karate going on. Oh. It's too much shit that the body can't do. I'm not buying it. Why can't you let us live in our fantasy? Guys world? living in the fucking frozen north in his underwear. They come and get What's him. They activate that? him. Nothing's wrong with that. Guy's gonna get hypothermia. He's a fucking Great human. <laughs> Jumping off of buildings, landing on people's heads. No the ankle movies tweaks. Aren't real. <laughs> Nothing. Not, I'm not damn. buying it. And here's the big one. Doesn't have sex with anybody. 
I know. That is a bummer. That's Shame. a super bummer. It's ridiculous. Spies I, don't do that. Spies are boning everywhere. Yeah. Well, it's what we're doing here. We're, we're, the <laughs> pussification of the American male is almost complete. Our superheroes <laughs> don't one. even get pussy. James Bond fucked everyone, okay? He was from England, goddammit, and he fucked everyone. <laughs> he fucked everyone. He drank. We even know how he takes his fucking martinis. Sure. Shaken, never stirred. We know how he <laughs> likes his drugs. That's, that's, that's fucking the murderer's drug distribution. He got mad pussy, fucked, and he had so much pussy, he had a movie called Octopussy. <laughs> That's pretty I mean, amazing. Jesus fucking he Christ. Pussies, no, he's, he was, he's a winner. That's Meanwhile, Jeremy Renner saves the girl who's hotter than the surface of the fucking sun. He's hanging out with her all movie long. Obviously, she's enthralled with him. And the end of the movie is so symbolic of the, the neutering of the American male yeah. that even these super badass murdering superstars sit like they're on, on the boat together and they're at, uh, sitting across from each other. Why do you think that on is? A table. Why do you think they didn't well, give well, us well, I didn't, Did you see the action. movie? I want to know how I they did. got out of that. Um, there was Without, a there was a very intense intimate did they look to be into each other's eyes. Mm. Yeah, barely. That was like like once the credits roll, we're gonna bone. No, no, and no. Like, I didn't what? see that. Why couldn't you bone before the credits rolled? I didn't I see liked that to see at that. all. I didn't see what you're seeing. Oh yeah. I didn't see any boning going on ever in their future. No, no, no. no. It was unspoken, Joe. I think his dick's broke. <laughs> I think in order to be able to flip no way, like that, I think Jeremy they Renner's did something. Dick is working fine. In real life, I'm sure it works great. But that Jeremy <laughs> Renner in the movie, the the Jason Bourne, Bourne guy, who the, it wasn't stick. Jason Bourne. He was the new guy. Um, he was the. Yeah. I, I don't know what I'm talking. He was another guy. He was the, guy. He was yeah. the yeah, whatever <laughs> his fucking name was. Yeah. Born, born with a broken dick. <laughs> I don't think the guy's kicking down. everybody's ass, and he's, this girl clearly wants to throw down. She's like staring at him, like, "Oh my god, you're the best. You saved my life over and over again." And you're single, and I'm single. Like, what are we fucking around for? And he's just standing there, staring at her. <laughs> like, I am your robot. I will kill for you, but I cannot fuck. See, <laughs> he didn't have any romantic attachment to her. There's no kissing. There's no hugging. I don't think That's we can blame that on thing. on the. Um, the next Jason Bourne guy, whatever his name is, no. because it it's not his fault. No, he's simple. He's symptomatic of a problem we have in society. The, the the sexuality of the American male is a dangerous thing. The neutering of the American male is uh, is a, a lot of people's goals. Ultimately, as we move away from our primate warring lifestyle into this transcendental experience where we pass through the the next dimension and we exist in a world of information purely without mm. any of the needs of the flesh that's what we're <laughs> moving away from Wait, that's why, why people desires. don't want to be hairy that's why everybody wants to <laughs> shave your bush shave everything it's coming back though these eh, like, bush is making a comeback i don't know it's like that. skinny jeans it's not gonna last <laughs> when bush things. comes to shove when bush oh, comes to shove <laughs> I think it's all the same thing. I think we're moving away from from animal instincts. And so even in our superheroes, we want no animal instincts. He's just a, a killing martial arts robot who doesn't want to fuck. And at the end of it, he sits huh. down there, and there's no threat whatsoever that he only saved all those people because he wants to But don't you think that's her. because the people that wrote the movie wanted to widen their audience instead? Well, that's one way of looking at it, but why would it that be appealing? Love sex? Why would that be appealing? Definitely. If, if more people watch porn than almost anything on the internet. It's, it's some insane amount of bandwidth allocated. But I thought porn to wasn't porn. real. <laughs> <laughs> that's only Brian's dad. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Gary. Sorry, Sorry Gary. Gary. <laughs> no, all together, one, two, three. Sorry, Sorry Gary. Gary. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's you're taking it out of context like you always do, Brian. I'm tired of your bullshit. Just because you're on the internet doesn't mean you have to get back at me for everything that ever happened. Oh man. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I think there is a move without a doubt um, to moving away from animal instincts. So but I think, I, but it's I think there's a female empowerment thing going on, and that's an animal instinct, right? What female empowerment do you think? Well, I'm actually, so, and I'm, you know, I'm just going to go with it, but I was stumbling across some pornography. And for the first time, how was that? How was one do it? Well, I was brushing my teeth and I stepped on yeah. a sock and went was, flying forward, and my head hit a certain a key things. on the laptop. And, uh, it was for YouTube, here, not look, you porn. I'm just going to barrel through this because I thought it was interesting. It was <laughs> purely sociological. Um, they, so they, they, there's like this. They have all these. Now different I'm picturing you beating off. <laughs> oh out. God! I bet he beats off. I do. Joe, we don't have to. <laughs> I do. You know, the tongue is, got, I didn't even think about it. Is it there crying involved? Maybe. <laughs> Sometimes yummy. I don't give me what I need. Wait, now, what's as so he comes, ben, he goes, ben, female yummy. Yummy. Now, now I realize the the path that I'm going down. I feel like I should wheel around and go. No, 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 no. Okay, American we'll get Male no, by Joe Rogan. This, well, this was the first. I, it was like a casting couch scenario, right? Where yeah. they usually have the, the casting couch. This isn't just in porn. This is just in general. Right. Those you are Greg Fitzsimmons' favorites. Yeah. You bring in a chick and you kind porn. of debase her and... and you know, make her uh, do whatever you want her to do. But this flipped it around completely and had this chick completely dominating a whole group of guys. There's a whole series of them. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that before. That's rare as fuck, dude. You're talking about It's trends? coming around, though. It's coming around. Mm. And yeah. Suzanne had this on her phone? <laughs> is it bookmarked? Damn, Ben, how'd you get my bookmarked, passcode? Double bookmarked. So put violated. in the cloud. <laughs> Save to cloud. Yes, well, you're you're email. Ask to be involved. <laughs> <laughs> um... I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, for women, yeah, most certainly. I mean, but, but it's also like, think about the fantasies that exist for men, the really unrealistic fantasies of, you know, you order a pizza and the pizza girl comes over and she's wearing a bikini and next thing you know, she's blowing you and your friend, you know, and you're both banging her. Is that realistic? Is My that coming like around? That. No, and it doesn't represent real life. Isn't it represents what Sherry? people she just want. She over to take a shower. <laughs> but I mean, if you wanted like porn for women, table. porn for women, I don't think would even be that. I think porn for women would probably be far more romantic. You know, I think also I think there's a difference between the visual aspect, like what men find appealing, what women find appealing. It's like women are into like books, like Fifty Shades of Grey type pornography. But some women are into less visual representations of sexuality. They don't watch it as much. You know, I mean, women don't watch it as much as men do. You never know how much stigma is involved with that. You know, right. say, oh, I can't, this, this website is well, fucking do, gross though. and weird, so women stay away from it. Not necessarily they don't want to. But I don't know about it. that because well, women be watch what they you. want when they're alone. You're I, alone. It makes yeah, a it, difference if it's actually, like, real. Do you know what I mean? Like, if it's not, like, if someone's actually, if a woman's actually coming, that's that's the best one, if you ask me, as far as, like, staged porn. Right. Because if it's just for the for the dude... You know. Right, there's a, lo- a lot of that too, yeah. right? And it that, plays up for the dude. You can kind of sniff that out. I'm hmm. not trying to give myself up here. Sniff it out. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a pointer. Um, you got okay. one paw up. <laughs> <laughs> She's coming. <laughs> That's <laughs> exactly how it is. <laughs> he really did eat her out. She likes him. Yeah, I see. I, I, I think a lot of women are into porn. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sure. delusional. But I think that there's a lot of a lot more women are into uh, literature uh, pornography than men are into literature pornography. Like almost no men are into literature pornography. It's very That's rare. That's so funny. I'm reading this book called 1Q84 
a Murakami book, and it's it's really interesting. One Q eighty four. Yeah. What is it about? It's um, God, it's it's hard to explain. It's fiction, um, and it's it's kind of a spin. There, there's a lot of nineteen eighty four, um, kind of like the the author is you know truly a Orwell fan, and there's just kind of a lot of nuances as far as like um. This kind of, I don't want to say apocalyptic, but, um, God, the, it's about a lot of confusing things, but technically it's a romance, Mm -hmm. but there's all this sort of, there's like, uh, kind of like two worlds colliding. There's sort of like, like there's two moons in the sky and there's kind of this really interesting concept, but, um, I, there's a lot of graphic sexual content and, Ben and I were sitting on a plane, and like he was like, "Jesus!" Every, every time, time I, I look over, there's you know, there's a, you know, the boner going on. There's like a, a taut nipple. Like I just catch, and that's just this is an 800 page book, and every single time I glance over, and there was, it's really funny something. because I'm not. It's really a, a great. It's a really great story, um, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not. <clears throat> I'm not one that's like, yeah, I need a fucking dirty novel mm-hmm. to, you know, whatever, um, butter my scone. But I, I definitely fucking interesting choice of analogies. But, but I definitely like. We've been traveling a lot. We've had a few flights for Why shows scone? recently, and when I'm reading, <laughs> look at it, you know, yeah, uh, come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I am looking boo. at it. That's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> so when I'm reading it in public and I'm sitting on an airplane, I feel like, like I pull the book closer to myself because yeah. I'm just like, oh my god, you know, what if. It's just, you know, it's such a... Well, it's interesting that books can have sexuality, like raw sexuality, mixed in with the story. But they can't have Mm -hmm. that in a movie. Like a movie can never have people what like graphically that fucking. Movie you just saw. Talk I just about... saw a movie of people graphically fucking. It was called Blue is the Warmest Color. It was <laughs> yeah. a French. You know what I'm? Yeah, oh, it's yeah. French. Yes. Yeah. Oh, William. Um, b- remember Brown Bunny? Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. That guy is like blackballed because of that movie. Is he really? Yeah. What is his fucking name? Vincent, Vincent Gallo. Gallo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He. I mean, I literally saw um, these these people <laughs> reviewing that movie. When, you know, ta- informally, they were talking about it, and they were like, "He's a piece of shit. He'll never work again." Really? Wow! And all because he made that Chloe Sevenders. Were they just having girl. dick envy? Or? She, she just sucked his dick on screen, and he came all over her on screen. Like you actually wow. see him orgasm in the movie. But the movie is before that a real movie. Mm-hmm. It's like this is just a sex scene in a movie where you actually get to see the sex, and they decided to just go for it. Yeah. So they decided to make a movie and have. Why is it okay to have a sex scene where you don't see sex, but when you have a sex scene where you see sex, like, they were angry at him because he made them watch that. Like, that was – I was listening to this man and these two women talk about it, and their their specific point was that they were angry (coughs) that he made them watch that. Mm. He made them watch that scene. They already knew that that was going to – I mean, if they – if they were watching the movie, everybody had to know that that was well. Everybody, happening. this they, uh, I think coming. they were one of the first people to see it, and I think everybody that went in to see that movie knew there was a controversial thing like that had gotten yeah. out. But I don't think they realized you're going to watch Vincent Gallo literally put his dick in a girl's mouth, and it was a long, you know, a scene. It wasn't yeah. like for a brief, like American Werewolf in London, you see the wolf, <laughs> and then it cuts to black. <laughs> no, this is like. It wasn't just you saw his dick and you saw her mouth and then cut, you know, that might have been enough. So guess, lengthy. Do you think that, I mean, I didn't see the movie, so I don't really have the point either, of reference. I didn't either, but I watched the one scene. But I mean, do you, do you think that that was like, <laughs> hey, I want to do this just to do this? Or do you think it was really a form of artistic expression? I personally think it was a form of artistic expression that he also wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I think it's both. 
And I think that's part of what people got angry about with the idea is that like, I'm looking, when I see a guy act really well, I'm looking at dick wagging already, (laughs) you know? I mean, that's what you're doing by, but in your expression, (laughs) you know, in your expression of, you know, the powerful, the anger of your acting, I'm looking at your tears, you're screaming at someone. I'm also aware that you're aware that you're awesome at doing that. <laughs> and in me being aware that you're aware that you're awesome and doing that, there's a certain amount of inherent dick wagging. It's one of the reasons why people have uh, like an almost automatic <coughs> distaste for some famous men or some powerful men or men that are in the public spotlight. It's because they know they have to be at least somewhat enamored of themselves, which is a form of dick wagging. So when you're doing that dick wagging and then you're also sticking your dick in Chloe's Vagenzuzizi's mm-hmm. mouth, <laughs> well I'm like, said. Jesus fucking Christ, man, you're uh-huh. double dick wagging. That's uh-huh. what you're doing. You're dick wagging because you're up there on the big screen and you're dick wagging. Because you're, you're standing there in these ridiculous fucking tailored weird clothes because you want to be interesting with your fucking handmade shoes. Mm-hmm. I just want to hit you. you know? <laughs> but fucking... you didn't see the movie. Ah, I saw the scene. I don't really want to hit him. I probably get along with that dude. I probably like him. You know, you I, I think he's, he's probably a freak. You should totally bring him yeah. on the podcast. That's really interesting. Well, he wasn't around for a while, and then he did a, a vodka commercial. There was a vodka commercial that he was a, a part of some big uh, vodka campaign. But I don't know like what kind of films he's been in since then. But I do know that there was, from my limited amount of experience in show business, because I kind of, when I started doing Fear Factor, I basically divorced myself almost entirely of the acting world. Sure. You know, I was only in it for like five years when I was doing news radio, and then when I started doing that i was kind of i was just out of that world so i never i never hung out with those people not around those mm-hmm. people but when i did my limited interaction with people led me to to think that they're probably like almost universally people wanted him blackballed because of that movie wow like it was well, so it common definitely crosses the boundary yeah. of like you know if you have like <clears throat> when people have controversial sex scenes that come up like yeah. i kind of remember eyes wide shut that's just what comes to mind when that movie came out. People were like, oh, my God, you know, there's some serious shit in there. Yeah. And then, you know, keep pushing the envelope. But I think, you know, an actual sex scene in a non quote unquote pornographic film, it's like all of a sudden all the filmmakers are like, oh, what the fuck? What? You know, why do you you totally like, you like know, cheating almost. You can do that. And, like, all, yeah. and now everybody's paying attention to it. Yeah. You think? Well, know. it's just it's not um, the the formal kind of traditional sense of a sex scene so i'm sure filmmakers would be a little bit uh perturbed but i don't give a shit that's just my take on it <laughs> apparently homeboy's still doing movies good for him he did buffalo 66 was a really interesting movie too brown bunny was in uh 2004 and he did a couple of movies uh since then you know here and there like little parts and weird shit that joe probably- do you ever get um movie offers or yeah. Anything like that these days? Yeah, not good ones. Okay. But yeah, I've, I have, they're never, it's never worth it. Because yeah. it might, even if it was a, like one of them was a big movie, but it wasn't that much money. And I, I had to go somewhere for like a couple of weeks. And I was like, you yeah. gotta, you gotta pay me a lot of money and it's gotta be worth my while. It's gonna be interesting for me to want to do it. Or I gotta know somebody in it that I'm gonna enjoy hanging out with. Sure. Like, otherwise, like, I'd rather just do a free podcast. Yeah. Sounds ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather do it. I'd rather do a set at the Ice House. Like, at yeah. a certain point in time, it's like, what do you want? Do you want a bunch of money or do you want to do things that you enjoy doing? And the more you say, I want a bunch of money, the less you're gonna do things you enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And the more you say, 
I want to do things I enjoy doing, somehow or another, the more money you start making. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Ben, that's it. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. You're already doing it. Yeah. Money. Actually, you know what? I'll be honest with you. Um, please do. It's been, you know, I think I'm always honest, actually. Um, <laughs> but hey. Well, honest? please don't. Um, don't great. tell me that. Um, make it seem like it's a special moment. No, we've, we've had some, we've had a really great year <laughs> so far. Conversation as far as, um, we've had a really great year so far as, as far as shows that have been coming in. Like, uh, we've had a few private gigs where those are, are really, um, fruitful. You know, someone's like, literally we actually, um, this was amazing. We played a, a gig for a birthday party, but it was a, a very, um, well set up. It, it was a 21st birthday party. This girl's 20, 21 years old, um, but her her father's a Microsoft exec, and they are fans of our band, and it was such a great opportunity to make new friends, but also, you know, get get paid well, which was actually really cool because that's helping us finish this record, and things like that kind of keep happening. We're getting these phone calls of, like, someone saying, hey, we have this festival. It's a small town festival, but we'd love to bring you in, and, you know, it's all kind of working out. <laughs> You know, in a way that we're really grateful for because it it's sort of like we've been doing this for eight years, you know, and it's nice to have those things when they come up and not have to have a side job right now. Yeah. Well, you guys are really fucking talented and the world is very strange right now when it comes to music. It it's is. just Thanks, uh, the way to distribute things is gone topsy turvy. The record it's companies hard, are whack. Yeah, that stuff. It, it's you just have to figure you have to do it. On your own. And, the internet. And well, the internet, we, we have, uh, you can do live shows. There's a thing called Stage It, and we've done a few of those, and we're actually going to do one soon. Um, but, but touring, you know, touring. Yeah. Because um, you can't sell records anymore. It's not you, the you same. You can, well, but not there, like. It's not the same. It's not right. the same. No, it's not like. But we actually, like when we went to Europe, we actually just got off the road uh, this past, at the end of last year. We opened up for a guy named Jake Bug. And, Fuck Jake Bug. I'm was, tired of his bullshit. It was, well, we got, you can't bite the hand that, man. We, I'm totally kidding. I don't was, even know who Jake was, Bug is. It was amazing. I just felt like saying that. No, he's, a, he's like a British rock sensation. Oh, cool. Um, and he took us overseas with him, and it was amazing. It was really hard. Like, we got our asses handed to us in, in the UK. That what do you was, mean? Um, rowdy crowds. And we crowd. played as a duo. In front of like 6,000 people instead of like a full, like when we We, play as a full band, you get like drums and bass and it's like, you know. Rowdy crowds, man. England has a lot of crazy rowdy crowds England was rough on us, but Europe was amazing. They uh, were probably some of the best crowds we've ever had. Um, You guys have opened for quite a few famous people. Who else were you guys opening for? We have. Uh, we what did we do last? We did Cheryl Crow. We opened some yeah, shows that's for what her. I was talking about. What was that Ryan like? Bingham. It was great, man. She's what does she like to hang out with? She's super sweet. Yeah, she's she just amazing. kept yeah? everything she did. She had these like little speeches during her set. Oh god, talking about how she needed to. <laughs> she did, we had a Kickstarter at the time. She's so sweet. I don't think she really she understood gave the concept speeches of it. to get you guys some money at your what, Kickstarter. Yeah, but she'd say things like "Vote for Honey, Honey." <laughs> like that's not you know it's not a. <laughs> She was campaign so is a sweet. different sense. Oh, that's so internet. cool, though. She, yeah, that's so cool. She was amazing. She's got a beautiful voice, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and she's a beautiful woman. Like, just she's really. And she's like an empire builder too. That's what it's so cool to see the people in her position who figured out. Okay, I've had this. I've had a successful music career, but I can just branch out now. Right, this whole universe of show crow 
Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy her music, man. I've, I, <laughs> one time I was in my car and uh, my friend Eddie uh, was in the car with me and he asked me if I could uh, give his girlfriend a ride somewhere. So she hopped in the car and Cheryl Crow was playing. Uh-huh. And uh, it, it was like, is this a joke? Like, do you, you playing this as a joke? And I'm like, I like Cheryl Crow. <laughs> and he's like, no, you don't like Cheryl Crow. It became like an argument with her and I, whether or not I like Cheryl Crow. You're being ironic. Like, you're being ironic. I go, no, my favorite mistake is like a great oh, fucking such song. A great song. It's a beautiful song <laughs> she's like no record. you're you're like a monkey like you're like eight when she's like mocking Ooh. me it was all in just fun it yeah. was in good fun she's like shouldn't be you be listening to like death metal or something or <laughs> something with a confederate flag attached to it <laughs> <laughs> rage from, against the machine you from more doing like a rage stuff, guy. That no, too. from doing your show we have all these dudes come out to, I, th- I know we've told you this yeah, before yeah, the show. yeah yeah these dudes come out tatted up six foot five and they, you know we playing a <laughs> ballad and just awesome. be like honey, honey, you know screaming before the shows during the ballads it's amazing well <laughs> we have what, the like, nicest oh, fans oh man they're ever. the best yeah. I, they're the best and everyone always asks about you like like What's he like? And I'm like, yeah. he's fucking awesome. He gives great hugs. <laughs> <laughs> he's really good at pool. I'm gonna tell him that now. When when we guys did when we guys is that a word? That? <laughs> when sense. we did that show together, the de- December so 21st, fun, 2012 man. show, that was fun as shit. That was the first and only time I've ever done a show like that where it was uh, Doug Stanhope, Joey Diaz. You guys, let's do another one. Yeah, fuck yeah, I'm in. So let's do fun. it. I'm totally down. We could totally do that again. That was over. really fun. Yeah. It was really interesting, <laughs> too. in Nashville. Weird people out. What's that? Do, do it, it in, in Nashville? Nashville? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of... I, I, I have a friend who has a club in Nashville. I'm in town. I do his club. It's, it's sort of, yeah. Yeah. He supports fun. comedy. It's like these not small clubs. I, there's a weird thing with me with cer- certain small clubs. I, 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 I kind of have to do them. I just have to support them. And that's one of them. There's like not a lot of comedy out there. I feel like he's an island... In the you know, and I know yeah. he gets good acts there on a regular basis, but I, I always feel the need. Like the Ice House is another one. Like I would never do a theater in Pasadena. It's never going to happen. Yeah. If I'm in Pasadena, I do the Ice House, mm-hmm. just because the the owner's my friend and it's he supports comedy. Loyalty. That's fucking awesome. Well, it's that. It's also you don't. I don't need to do anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like a desperate moment where if I don't do the theater, my kids are going to be hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, so. dude, you were you were on fire. That end of the world show was amazing. There was something magical happening that night. It was pretty fun. It was fun. And Doug Stanhope, what a guy. <laughs> He's awesome. And Joey. <laughs> and Joey Diaz is awesome, oh too. That show couldn't have been more fun. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful <laughs> show. The it audience was, was so nice, too. They were so fun. and just so They enjoyed it so much. It was just so cool. You know, that's the one most surprising thing about all this is not just the connection to all these people that we've sort of like somehow or another fostered, but how nice they are. Like when we do shows, like we do show, I did a show the other day in Chicago and after the show, I took pictures with people for two hours. Wow. We went outside and I said, anybody who wants to take a picture? I said, I'll be here until the last one you leave. Great. I stood on behind a table and I just, I said, this is what we're going to do. I'll do five minutes on this side, five minutes in the middle and then five minutes on that side and and then we'll keep switching. And we just went every five minutes. And I set my timer on my phone. And at five minutes, I'd be like, all right, I'm moving, I'm moving. And I'd go do this side. Dude, that's incredible. Like it was just a swarm of people around these tables. Good for but you. Th- there's, what my point was, was for two hours, nobody was a dick. Not one person. Everyone was cool as fuck. Not Why one person. Why would they person. be a dick, This is actually Dallas. Well, I did it in Chicago, too. But this is the most recent one was Dallas. 
but it was just no one at all, like nothing, mm-hmm. not one person. No one tried to cut in line. No oh, one I was see. a shithead. No I one meant a dick to you. I'm like, why would to anybody? Dick to you? Well, we've, yeah. we've seen a little bit of that. You see people, not even with us necessarily, we tour with other acts, and people at the merch booth get aggressive with whoever's yeah. signing, say, hey, this, I, you know, this is what I want. Give me, basically, you owe this to me, that kind of mentality. It does happen. Mm-hmm. I think it all, I mean, I don't know, because I'm trying to figure out how this happened. You know, because ne- it never happened to me before, like before the podcast and before, um, you know, social media. Essentially, when I was dealing with people, I was dealing with people that knew me from something else. They knew me from Fear Factor or they knew me from the UFC or they knew me from news radio, you know, or they knew me from comedy. Those were the options. Mm-hmm. It wasn't they knew me like these people just all know me. It's weird. It's totally different. Yeah. It's like they say hi, like they know me. You know, like, dude, what's up? And I'm like, what's up? What's going on? You know, it's it's very strange. But they, they, know, they do. Thing. I mean, they get you get to reveal these really amazing parts of yourself and your and your mind on your podcast. And I think that's such a great thing about what you're doing and what, you know, most podcasts, if, if they're good ones, you know, you have you create good conversation. You create real situations of of conversation and people get to witness that and that's so cool well they also get to be a part of it you know because they get to see the whole thing like Mm -hmm. one of the things i like about this podcast we don't we don't like edit it it goes out live it's all you know it is what it is and because of that you kind of get to see who everybody really is if it was really produced and there was all these fast edits and there Mm -hmm. was all this you know you know really pre-planned segments and it would feel less like you were really there. You might enjoy it still, but you wouldn't feel like you'd know the people that well. Yeah. And people that are stuck in some shit spot, wherever the fuck you are, if you're in Bangor, Maine, or not not to, to besmirch Bangor, it's a fine community. But if you're anywhere, <laughs> nice word. if you're in some weird spot and you know you don't have a lot of cool people around you, you could listen to Honey Honey Talk. You can listen to Adam Carolla. You could, you know, there's, there's a bunch of people that you're going to get to listen to the way they think. And I know for a fact that I have... Part of who I am has been formed by listening to people far smarter and more experienced than myself talk, and that their their thoughts shaped my reality. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to introduce other people to the thoughts and ideas that have shaped my reality, my thoughts and ideas that I've gotten from those thoughts and ideas, and other people's thoughts and ideas that continue to shape my reality – it's not just me putting on a show. It's me being a part of it oh, and the yeah. audience be a part of it too. Everyone's a part of it. It's well, like, I'll tell you what, I think that it's an incredible thing that you're doing that and you're continuing to do that because if the majority of people are watching bullshit reality shows, you know, where they're scripted and staged and they're supposed to be these <clears throat> candid, um, examples of, of really asinine shit. It really annoys me, you know, like real housewives. And it's right. like, like, trying to make something like oh you're you're wearing the same dress as me or whatever the fuck be important and i'm gonna fight you i, I don't even know i don't watch that shit because right. i think it's it's bad for you right. i think that it um lowers your um vibration you know what right. i mean like and and when you're you're doing what you're doing which is um being i i think you're brilliant i'm not trying to be weird but you're you have this incredible mind and you share it with people and and lots of different people and you have these situations it's really great to listen to and you're right people learn from it well i'm definitely not brilliant but what i am is curious and i have a lot of free time sure. and so Call i just keep, <laughs> I keep thinking about shit because i have the ability to do so mm-hmm. 
I, I, I don't know if people were like born to do anything in life. I don't know if anybody was born to do anything in life. But I think for sure, if you follow your passion, you feel like you were born to do this. For sure, if you actually do what you enjoy out of life. And there was some really weak-ass article that somebody posted the other day that I'm sick and tired of rich people saying to follow your passion. It was hilariously stupid. Whoever, Whatever dumbass wrote it, he actually had to change the title the next day because of a barrage of hate that he, he got from it. But it was about Richard Branson and a bunch of people saying, follow your passion. And he was saying, essentially, that most people shouldn't follow their passion. And in fact, they should Did keep their really passion as a hobby. Yeah. You know why? Because he's a weak bitch. He's a weak <laughs> bitch, and he's worried that he possibly wasted his life writing shitty articles like this and in fact he did and he was also talking about how you know fortunate he is personally to do what he does but all these self-deprecating throws to poverty in it and all this nonsense in it essentially what he's doing was he was writing uh, a thing that was downplaying greatness and inspiration and when someone says follow your passion you know, if anybody that says don't do that is a fucking idiot, because here's the thing. If you love making guitars, okay, and you just love guitars, you love making guitars, and you say, God, I would love to make guitars for a living. Someone fucking does that, okay? There's a guy out there, and he gets up every morning, and he makes fucking guitars. And if that's what he loves to do, that guy loves life. We're not talking about breathing underwater, fuckface. We're not talking about <laughs> flying to the moon with a fucking rubber band. We're talking about making guitars. If your passion is making guitars, and you read that asshole's article where it says, Don't follow your passion. Fuck you, stupid. Fuck you, you weak dummy, you fucking disease of ideas. You're a disease idea. That's what you are. You're a rotten little weak man with poor hormones. And you can't figure out that your passion doesn't necessarily mean rich. Like, I'm so tired of rich people saying, follow your passion. Shut the fuck up. What difference does it make if they're rich? Everyone should say, follow your passion. That's how buildings got made. That's why airplanes were invented. That's why you could watch fucking television. Because someone followed their passion. What happens when you read Lord of the Rings? You're reading someone's passion. You're wearing clothes. You're wearing passion. You're listening to music. You're listening to passion. I'm reading your stupid fucking article. Your lack of passion is your passion. Your lack of following your passion is what you're so passionate about portraying. Shut up, dummy. Amen. Shut up. God, Amen. I'm going to hold you down and I'll butter so your scone, you fuckhead. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, too late. They got you. Who did it? Did you do no, that? Right? Who's the name? What's the name uh, of those? Diego guys? Peru 420. Powerful Diego oh, Peru 420. <laughs> and fuck what you, dummy. Follow oh, your passion so guy. Big. Again. No. Honey, honey's following their passion. Sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> I, I I get the feeling. And I don't still even. I don't really this. mean that guy. I don't really. I'm, I just point out, like, if that guy listens to this, like Joe Rogan hates me, he besmirched me. I don't really hate that guy at all. I just would. I would advise against further communications in that sort of thing. <laughs> well, don't don't be a naysayer. You know what I mean. Let let somebody have their fucking moment. Let somebody fail if they're going to fail or succeed. You know, I, like I you understand keep his trying, point. Though. I truly understand his point. But what, what you know, I mean, but his all of his, you know, I was talking. One of the things that Richard Branson said, you should have a couch in your kitchen. And this guy was like uh, taking issue with if your kitchen is big enough to have a couch in it. Like, stop, um, stop. That doesn't mean you're rich. A lot of people can get a ki- fucking couch in their kitchen. Gee, shut the fuck up. You know, like I hate that real obvious pandering. Like I can't afford to have a couch in my kitchen. My kitchen's not big enough. Like, well. 
fucking whatever, dude. You know, you're talking nonsense. There's got there's a better message than that. It's not it's not, you know, it's not don't follow your passions. It's not you're better off keeping your passions as your hobby. That is absolutely ridiculous. And the Listen, only person that would say that. Any choice in life. That's, that doesn't make any the sense. The only person that would say that is a person who hasn't followed their passions and doesn't make a living off of it. Because if you can make a living off of it, I do not work. <clears throat> I don't work. I don't have any jobs. Even my jobs are not jobs. And I'm not the only one. I know people that make pool cues. My friend Eric, he makes pool cues. He makes beautiful pool cues. He doesn't work. I mean, he makes pool cues. He loves it. He makes them for free and gives them out to people sometimes because he loves doing it. He loves wood. He loves creating things. Construct. He started doing it while he was in the military. He did it as a hobby just for fun because mm-hmm. he loves doing it. You know, and so when he's making money doing it, he's not really working. What he's doing is following his passion. And if you could figure out a way to do that for money, God damn it, why would you ever try to encourage someone to not do that? That's yeah. so crazy. That's even what we were talking about before. If you just start doing it, eventually the money's going to reveal itself. Hopefully. It's gonna, you know, the support. Maybe it's not, you know, your whole lifestyle is being provided for, but you can do something with it. Yeah, hopefully. Unless you, like, make weird shit like custom badminton rackets that nobody wants say, to like, buy toothpick tps or something <laughs> yeah, you get some, that's your so, passion yeah, some days it's gonna catch people on people sell weird shit people do well, sell they weird do. shit yeah. it's amazing and sometimes weird shit's worth a lot of money like i saw something it was a fabergé egg that someone found in like a, a garage <laughs> gotta, sale or something like that and they it was worth like 10 million bucks no i do you see that no pull that article up fabergé egg found they were like trying to collect scrap but i looked at it i was like oh my god i wouldn't give you a dollar for that if you had that in my house i'd fucking push well, it out the door recently you tried to leave that in the house i would like, no, no no no, you can't leave this here no, it's, it's, you're so it's so funny recently i i was uh I, I saw this article on beanie babies and it was like worth like ten thousand dollars or and i was like holy shit here like my grandmother Send us all these Beanie Babies. Oh, wow. Look at that. Fabergé egg. 20 mil. Worth up to 20 million found by scrap metal dealer. What are you going to do with it? How is that worth $20 million? I would put that in my bathroom. That is so dumb. <laughs> the idea that that's worth 20 million bucks. It's uh, it's so silly, but you know, you got to let somebody have their passion. If the Fabergé egg, that's what I said. Yeah. Booty traps. I mean, I guess. Maybe it's like really beautiful up close. <laughs> so recently I was, uh, I, I saw this article on Beanie Babies. And there's a collection in my parents' basement given to us by my grandparents when we were kids. My grandma would send us, like, the Princess Diana Beanie Baby. And we have, like, there's, like, a hundred of them. And so I was like, I was like, Ma, Ma, I'm going to go in the basement. I think I'm going to make some money. <laughs> and I was, like, looking up all this shit, hoping I could sell something on eBay. Because they were going for, like, $15,000. What? People oh would buy one. Oh, my God. For, but it had to be, like, it was really weird. It had to be, like... um there would be like a technical flaw on the tag and somebody out there would pay $15,000 for whatever. It's so weird. Oh, because it was really rare? Yeah, I didn't come flaw? up with anything good. I was really bummed. But I was downstairs in the basement for like an hour and a half trying to, <laughs> trying to come up with something. So the ones that you yeah. found, what do you think they were worth? I'm a hustler. <laughs> um, the ones that we... Oh, nothing. Maybe like 10 bucks. Oh. Yeah. 10 bucks of 15 grand. You know grand. what? The <laughs> sentimental value of my grandmother, Florence Santasuso, man, is amazing. I see. I, I understand. Yeah, she's great. It is weird how things become like super worth money. You know, very very expensive, and they it doesn't make sense. Like you, oh, I yeah. saw a watch, and it was uh, five hundred thousand dollars. 
And apparently it's this amazing hand-built watch. But it wasn't like covered in diamonds or anything like mm-hmm. that. It was just this amazing handcrafted watch. But it's still just a watch. Yeah. Like just because it's handcrafted like if someone gave you a handcrafted spoon would how much more would that be worth than it a depends. regular spoon like was the handcrafted spoon made by Jimi hendrix okay you know? that's a good point then fuck yeah i'd be pumped about that spoon i'd pay a few grand for a handcrafted spoon made by Jimi hendrix i would <laughs> never eat soup without that spoon yeah that would be your spoon that's be and you'd, you'd be mad it. i like that you would it. use I'd it i wear that though. spoon around my neck because I don't know, like guitars, you find guitars for 200 grand, 250 grand, <gasps> but most of the people that buy them don't play them. Yeah. <gasps> Two, they're just what? Glass oh, yeah. boxes. What? Well, they're for like reals. legendary. They, they're, for reals. You, know, you can't, they're irreplaceable. There's, wow. You know, what is it, like a 55 gold top? The 59 Les Paul 59 gold top Paul. is worth a ridiculous <laughs> amount of money. But, and How I don't much? know. Uh, I don't know. It depends. It always flexes, but you could probably sell one for like 100 grand. There's, it's like that with old cars now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's certain like old Barracudas that are worth over a million dollars. And it's just a Plymouth, a shitty old Plymouth. And the ones they want are the ones that are completely stock. Like no new wheels, no new tires, no new interior, everything stock, everything from the factory, little push button radio. And people will pay exorbitant well, that's, that's amounts passion. of money. That's passion. Coming back well, yeah, to passion again. The, there's a guitar. You just have to find one person. Yeah. Oh, it's a 58. Oh, is that to say 59? I think 59, I need yeah. glasses. 59 to Les Paul. You just need them. one person no, to give enough of a shit to say but it, that that's worth yeah. $100,000. And then it is. I'm losing right? it, guys. That's true. It's like as, as yeah. soon as it becomes a demand, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a weird thing, like, especially if there's a finite amount. Like there's a finite <laughs> amount of 1972 Volkswagens. Yeah. If you find a 1972 Volkswagen bug, there's only a few of those that were ever made. You know, how many of them are there left? You know, if you get a pristine one, it becomes very valuable. What's so interesting about that is that some people actually make a business out of just the the taste-making, trend-setting in general. Like, they might not even be like a car maven, but they they can be uh, privy to the oncoming trend of mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like yes the, like totally all of a sudden everybody wants those 79 or whatever you said volkswagen yeah and then you could just be like this trader you know this uh-huh. ebay middleman you don't mean traitor no, you no. mean trader trader yeah trader like trader <laughs> yeah this is a sweet old volkswagen my buddy jimmy lawless used to have one of those when we were 18 piled around in this fucking Damn. little tiny uh Wasn't volkswagen jimmy lawless at 18 yeah his name was jimmy lawless his whole life a lot of that's pretty hardcore no jimmy was a good dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's, a, Jimmy's that's a, a badass name. Yeah, it is. I was always jealous. We've recently come across some great names. I met somebody in England, and his last name was Dragon. Oh like, shit! Do you wake up every morning just feeling like you're Johnny fucking Dragon. awesome? We met a rocket cool. too. Rocket. Yeah, yeah. There was a, rocket. Was a rocket. Well, my best friend's name Eddie Bravo. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that guy's Eddie Bravo is cool. a ridiculous name. People yeah. didn't believe it's a real name. <laughs> They're like, "Come on, son, that ain't your name." Oh, that's his fucking name. Yeah, that's uh, I'm, I'm stuck with Joe. Joe Rogan. It's very boring. There's no, nothing there. No, it's a there. great name. That's all right now. I mean, it's... I made something out of it. A lot of people it. know it's it. It's not much. <laughs> it's easy to spell. Yeah. Schwarzenegger's the baddest motherfucker of all time because they came up to him and they told him, you got to change that shit. And he's like, I don't think so. I, I changed like my name. It. It's got a I ring keep it. it. I shortened my last name. What is the ri- original? Santa Suso. Damn, that's even better. Oh, man. I think when you go solo... <laughs> it's... 
It's well, you know, it's, it's sorry, little, yeah. you know, sorry, dude. I'm sorry, <laughs> matter of time. Come on, dude. Why are you trying to drive a wedge in the band? Who's a bigger honey, so, honey supporter than me? I love the both of you guys you're together. Right, Don't bullshit. Right, right. I'm bullshitting. I just can't help <laughs> I it. I can't help it. I have bad instincts. Oh man, my in- comedian instincts. I'd always say something fucked up. Destroy. I fight Destroy. them all day. I fight them all fucking day. You know what? We're we uh we've weathered the storms. Over the years, it's been rough. It's I'm been sure, fucking rough. Well, you guys get along remarkably well. You know, one of the things I times. really enjoy about hanging out with you guys is how. Look, no one gets along a hundred percent of the time. It just doesn't it's, work. Yeah, we There's have no human beings. <laughs> whether it's mother and son, whether it's father and daughter, whether it's brothers and sisters, whether it's friends and neighbors, no one gets along a hundred percent of the time. There's going to be bumps. But you guys are, you have a great energy about you. Like, you guys Thanks, are man. friends. You guys are co creators. You're, you're, <clears throat> you're collaborators. And, you know, you have a very unique bond because of that. And it's, it's interesting to pal around with you guys, to like to go to dinner with you and <laughs> hang out with you. Cause your bond is, is, it's unique, but it's also very pure. And I'm, it sounds gross to say that. I hate, <laughs> no, I hate well, we my own out words. Fight. Pretty, pretty early on. <laughs> Honestly. You figured out how to fight, how to and fight then with each other, and not have it not just, hurt each you know, other, destroy it. Well, I don't know that. yeah, but um, we, well, you don't insult each other. That's you know, I had a I had a friend. Uh, we were having this conversation a while back. He was talking about his wife, and he's like, you know, where everything's fine, but man, when we fight, uh, we both go for the jugular mm. right away. And I go like, That's what do you? Tough. Yeah, and I go, what do you like? What do you mean, go for the jugular? And he goes, well, you know, we just we know the one thing that really yeah. uh, fucks with each other, so we automatically go to that. And I go, okay, who's the first person that's doing that? You know, I don't want to say who. You it know was. what? I think um, in any situation where you're um, you're introduced to conflict, mm-hmm. depending, like sometimes you want to fight. You know, it's like. You can you can uh, be quick with your words, you know, whatever, and say mean shit. But that that's kind of pointless, you know. At the end of the day, usually you're fighting, depending on who you're fighting with, but, like, it's your loved ones, the, at least in my disposition. And I, I love them. I don't want to hurt them. So you when you approach, you know, a confrontation, in, in my opinion, this is something, actually, I really learned a lot. My relationship with Ben in this band has made my other relationships in my life so much better because Ebony we had. And <laughs> <laughs> because we have to fight so hard for um, sometimes, not all the time, for this this union for for our project and what we care about so much. Mm. And so you have to be a good listener and you have to be humble and you have to like you know put your fucking foot in your mouth sometimes. And and when I approach a confrontation with like. My sister and my mom and like my family and I, we love each other. We love each other so much. We fight hard, you know, and it sucks and it's painful. What do you mean? You guys like you fight, like get angry at each other? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I'm not going to get into it, but, but, but stuff happens. Have a couple more drinks. (laughs) (laughs) What's your deep Easy Rogan. You fucking watch yourself. Um, But the, the point is that if you approach any conflict or confrontation, literally, and I'm not trying to be weird with love and you're like, I love this person. Mm hmm. And you listen, you 
I, I think more often than not, you can really come to a resolve or just a better understanding of that person. You will continue to learn more about people in your life. It's not like you this you have this all encompassing knowledge of somebody, you know. Well, and that's and, the useful side of fighting too, because then we're hammering shit out that makes us not get along. Maybe we get along more in the future. Right. Instead of just, figure out what it's been. Maybe there's been something that unless you've been you doing. like to fight, which yeah. sucks. And well, I then don't. you need to get away from those people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a girlfriend once that really liked to fight, that and. Sucks. Uh, well, you know, it's all right. She I got had rid great of her. sex, though. Sorry. She was Sorry. a crazy <laughs> bitch. She liked to fuck. But there was um, there was one moment where we were, we're heading out to some party, and I guess she was stressed out or something like that. So she yelled at me, like, out of nowhere. And uh, and I just this is the first time she ever yelled at me. And I go, hey, listen. I go, we can't talk like this. You, you, can't, you can't have this conversation with me like this. I go, you're not yeah. allowed to yell at me. I go, none of my friends yell at me. No one yells at me. I don't yell at them either. I go, if you're my friend, I go, why would you, why do, why would you yell at me? Mm-hmm. You would only yell at me is if you're more concerned with it just exploding, blah, throwing up your own energy yeah. than you are with the repercussions it's going to have on the people around you. That's an ultimately very selfish thing to do. And I go, we can't, we can't ever talk like that. And she just like immediately like deflated. Like all of her anger like went away. It was a very weird moment. And we just you, sat down it, and we had a conversation. Did you say it kind of in that tone? Exactly in that tone. Yeah, that, the tone is that, everything. That, that's yeah. pretty powerful, man. Tone, tone is powerful. Do that, well, it was yeah. pretty powerful, but she couldn't help herself. She was, she was, I don't know what it was. It was something, something in her childhood because we wound up staying friends, but we broke <laughs> up. And then she started dating some new guy. And um, she calls me up and she's like really frustrated. She's really frustrated because she can't keep yelling at this. She can't keep from yelling at this guy. She keeps yelling Sorry. at him and she doesn't know what to do. She's like, I yell at him and he takes it and I fucking keep yelling at him and I don't know what to do. I just get... I, I, I can't, he, he lets me bully him. So I start fucking bullying him. And she goes, and I don't, I can't even stop myself. You know, if you grow up with that, yeah. with yelling and it's really funny, like this is, my mom is awesome, but like I grew up with a lot of yelling. My mom yelled a lot and I was bad. So, but this is kind of hysterical. We had a family bird. Um, it was a boy, but his name was Abby and he was an African gray and they're really smart. Like they're really fucking smart animals. And they repeat a lot of things, and literally, the bird, my, my sisters uh, I grew up with, Carla and Jody, like the bird would go, Carla, Jody, and then it would go, Suzanne, get down, get down, and it would have this like total, like, like this like slur of like screaming words that you couldn't understand, <laughs> but it was pretty accurate because I got yelled at a lot, and my mom would yell at me, and so it was always this reminder, like when I would That's walk in the crazy. room, that sometimes the bird would be like, Suzanne, you be fucking like, dumb cunt. God, my mom never called me a cunt. That would be horrible. Could you that would imagine? be really bad She meant thing. it, though. I mean, well, whatever we, the we fucking noise she made, it's the same thing as calling you a cunt. But it's funny. Like, we love each other so much, but we fought a lot. Good <sighs> Lord. Oh, that's rough. But yeah, yell- yelling is uh, is a difficult thing to, as an adult now, it's like, um, it's really funny. Ben and you know, we have to. I went to- the other way. My mom, she would just freeze me out. Yeah. So I just go into like deep silence. Oh, that's worse. Yeah. It's- Sometimes it's better if someone has enough caring for you that they yell at you and fight with you. Like you work it out. Everybody gets tired of, of working it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but this girl, um, you know, she wasn't a bad person. And at, growing up later and becoming a dad, I kind of really feel for her because I think that what happened with this this girl was just she was just programmed in a really shitty way by dummies Mm. and 
she grew up in Florida, and there are a bunch of dummies around her. And serial she's, capital of the United States. Serial killer, killer. capital. Yeah, not cereal. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of cocoa pops there. Gosh, those golden <laughs> Captain grams Crunch are just by fucking warehouse. Delicious. It's, you know, I think that's a lot of who we are. It's like how we were programmed when we were young. And this girl, she wasn't a bad person. She was just battling with her programming as she was trying to be an actress, which fucking good luck with all that. It's, you know? it's really funny. Sorry, Ben, go ahead. I was just going to say, isn't that what the neuroplasticity concept is? Though? You can change yes. that stuff. You can, but you know, neuroplasticity is all nice and good. But if you're, if you're that fucked up, I recommend MDMA. <laughs> I don't think that neuroplasticity is really going to fucking get you to the dance. But what does that do? Just kind of blast it all <laughs> makes you feel. Pieces? It makes you understand love in a weird, pure form. You know, I mean, and people could say it's a drug, but that drug, by the way, exists in everyone's brain right now as we speak. What you what you're dealing with with dopamine and you know and MDMA is elevated dopamine levels, elevated feelings of love and passion and connection to each other. It's just you know somebody sent me this video. It's really kind of interesting. You probably find it, Brian. It's uh, Joe Rogan talks indirectly about rave culture, and it was me talking about <clears throat> about setting up some sort of psychedelic community and that it would be incredibly beneficial to people to set up communities where we, we could figure out how to meet and everybody take something that would tune us all into this sort of frequency of, of love. And so someone took me talking about that and connected it to raves where if you look up at that screen, like anytime you're seeing a rave like this, 99.9% of those people are on ecstasy. You're looking at 15,000 people that are in this huge football arena and they're they're dancing around and touching each other and having a great fucking time. Why are they having such a great time? How come they can get together and smush up like that and no one's a dick? I'll tell you why. Because they're all on ecstasy. And when I say 99.999, there's what, that point whatever... Those people are assholes. They can, shouldn't be at the... But not necessarily... Can I be honest with you? <clears throat> I think that also... Um, I read this book on collective joy. Um, and it's really interesting because... It, like back to our primitive tribal selves, like, you know, when there would be like rain dances and the tribes would dance and they would all move together, you know, there would be this collective sort of consciousness that people would have coalescing between them. And, I like, I recently have reconnected with dancing like I, I went to i went to a party and there was a dj and you know i had like a couple drinks whatever but like i wasn't on drugs at the time <laughs> and i'm you know rarely but what, let's get into that later but um the the dancing the the movement with with the sound is a powerful thing drugs are no drugs and i think there's something really interesting about it as far as a collective you know group of people well that's <clears throat> in harmony you know as a comedian, that's what I essentially do for a living. As a, a comedian, yeah. what you're doing is connecting all Music. these minds together in some sort of a harmo harmonious tribal function. That's why the smaller the tribe, usually, generally, the better it works. Mm -hmm. You know, but one of the weird things about this connection with the internet is that people are getting used to larger and larger numbers. We've had shows with 3,000 plus people, and it feels like it's intimate. You know, it feels intimate, like everyone's tuned in. 3,000 people, and they're all tuned in. And may, I mean directly tuned in, responsible. Like, they feel like they're a part of what's going on. But when, when you really feel it more is when you could see everybody. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's like 300 people. It's like, I think, the number. Like, when you get above 300 people, things get squirrely. Like, you can handle it if the people are the right people. But most most of the time, you're better off with 300 people. But what you're essentially doing is you're conducting, like, a tribal sort of a bonding moment. Like, everybody's experiencing the same vibe. Everybody's like... Well, you we know what, though? in St. Paul. Yeah? We were playing... We had a show last week in St. Paul. And every once in a while, we just get to play to a group of about 300 people who is... And, you know, being seated... With our music helps because when, when we're a duo, it's not really rhythmically heavy. So you have a seated group of people, and they're just so willing and kind of vulnerable to us taking charge. And there's this energy that goes way beyond what we can do. And all of a sudden, you know, it's a it's a it's a show between us and them, and they're they're putting in more than we are, you know. And and those experiences, they I don't know, they haven't happened as 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 often as we'd like but they seem to be happening more and it's a, an amazing feeling it's like it it's kind of a weightlessness when you're performing you don't have to think about it anymore well you, we all need the audience you know the audience is for you and for comedians i think you we need it in a, in a different way but it's similarly important you know an audience is there to like let you know that they're tuning in to all this work that you've done. They get all the things that you've said. They they understand all the stuff that you've mm-hmm. you know labored on and 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 formed into these rhythmic sort of uh, these pieces. You know, which is what a song really is. Yeah. And with, for comedians, it's not just like we. It's fucking a hundred percent mandatory. Like you can't even write it without them. Like the writing changes when you're around them. When they become a part of it and their laughter, each crowd you perform in front of helps shape the material. It changes the material from week to week. You know, it's without without those other people, without the uh, the involvement of the other people, it really yeah. doesn't even exist. It's, it's weird. Well, I I never think about this show, but. I was just thinking about American Idol when we were talking about this. Like, the <laughs> you culture... think about it every day, you fucking liar. <laughs> He's yeah, like, when is it going to be my time? I never yeah. think about I'm this show. It. It's too... It's never. Too, I'm, I'm over the hill, man. No, but I think that it's like a competition culture, and I think that fucks it up. Yeah. I think that fucks it up a lot. It helps the people that make it, but it doesn't, because then the fucking just money just lines up. What's that dude's like name? Pockets? What's his name? Simon? 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 I don't Simon's think he does fucking... it anymore, does he? He's but he's in a he, he giant mansion but on the top of the hills. No, I, think, I feel falling. like we have talked about this before on the podcast, but it's it's important to bring up again. And I think um, uh, things like the American Idol uh, microwave mentality is really toxic to people to to have like this, um, you know, inst instagrat you know all, all of this stuff happening. You know, you won this thing. It's like right. you won the lottery. The lottery is, you know. More often than not, a really terrible thing. For <laughs> terrible people. thing, yeah. And you know, it's um, stupid people text. It's tough, you know, being being a musician and then seeing that. You know, we've had several. It's really funny. We've had several invitations to be on these like competitive shows, like, and people are like, "We really want you to be a part of it." And it always just feels so wrong to me. It always feels like, um, you know, you you lose you lose a lot to begin with. Like the people that are involved want to take all of. You're, you know, publishing and stuff like that own you yeah. in a way. And that and that does kind of come back to what you were talking about before is like we want you to sound like this and do this and sing this. And and fuck that, you <sighs> know. But but at the same time, not to talk about us, but the, just the mentality of of the princess, like the, the fairy tale is is rough on people. You know, I don't I don't like it. 
Sorry. I, I agree with you a thousand percent, but that's not a real number. Um, <laughs> I, I really do. I, I think that uh, I, I entered a contest once uh, in Boston, the WBCN Comedy Riot. It was the only contest I ever entered. I, I lost in the finals. Or oh, I was like, did you night. fucking slay it? No. <laughs> Damn it. No, a nice guy won. Can't begrudge the, the gentleman who won. He was a very nice guy. Um, but it was just like, I, I, it's just the idea of it was so silly. It's like, how can you, I mean, you, I guess you can judge based on what's best for you. Like, what do, you, what do you find the best? But you can't have a music contest where you have, like, a rap band and a country band and a rock band and a folk band. You can't because there's no best. There's the best for you, all right? If it's me, it's very likely a rap band is never going to win. There's, uh, there's a few rappers, unless it's, like, Nas or something <laughs> like that. There's a few rappers who really – love Killer Mike. <laughs> who really connect with me, you know, where I really feel like I, I appreciate what they're doing as an art form. Too much of it is just braggadocious nonsense, you know? Mm. Why hip hop's tough, too? Because it's, it's, just, it's just hard to hear what they're saying. That's yeah, what they're yeah, what, yeah, what, mm. what, yeah, what, what, yeah, what, what? That's kind of a lot Love what our one. new record is going to sound like. I like it. Hey, Go with it. Yeah, 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 honey, honey. But it could be like what? some D Antwerp songs, you know, are fucking perfect. I think you I think freaky, freaky and I like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I love that. And, and I like you a lot. I love that crazy bitch. What is fucking, what's Oh, I think you're freaky. some of these. Interviews with her because apparently she just reams out everyone who interviews her. Yeah, yeah, that bitch we is crazy. We need to do that, I'll have her ben, on the we podcast. Need to put on this whole, you know, tough exterior. I'll tie yeah. that bitch up. <laughs> David Cho's friends with her. He Good, hangs out with perfect. Them all the time. Let's do it. Let's Jeez. make it happen. Those guys trying a shirt from me. I got a shirt, a t-shirt from that's, them. That's awesome. pretty dope. They're badass. Really I love. Cool. Uh, we saw them at Coachella, yeah. or I saw them at Coachella bef before we played. Nibis. Yeah, they're they're gangster. They're pretty badass. But, I mean, unless it's something, like, really unique like that, it's, it's hard for me to get into too much rap because it's just not my tune. You know, whatever it is, it's not my frequency. I'm, a, like, a big fan of the Black Keys. I'm a big fan of a band. I don't know if you guys heard of them. They're called Honey Honey. What? And uh, they're probably one of my Sounds favorites. pretty lame. They're, no. It's that not, band name is It's Pusher. not lame. But if a lot of your friends are around and they're, like, football players or something like that, like, Aww. don't play it in front of them. You know, they'll, oh, they'll upcoming fuck, tours. They'll wind up fuck you. Hey, uh, guys. Where are you guys at? We're doing a little run uh, in April. I would is... like to offer you something right now. And, uh, you cannot <laughs> you cannot say no. I would like to tweet all of your dates. Let me know any times you're oh, anywhere. Oh, man, thank you. I'd be more than happy. I do it with everybody. Thank you. thank you, Joseph. I do it with everybody, and no one gets annoyed. Everybody is happy about it because thank they you. find out, you know, we think you're Ari's annoyed, here. Though. We get weird about it. Like, yeah, we feel weird asking for shit. I don't get annoyed. We I just want to play pool and drink that. beers. <laughs> I barely drink. I, I appreciate that you guys get feel weird, but... <laughs> it, it's no work at all for me, and uh, I I would probably feel weird if I was asking you. So uh, so we'll, don't feel we'll weird. We'll tweet for you we'll anytime. Uh, well, <laughs> how about we make a deal? You fucking tweet for me too. All right, done. done. You tweet for me. I'll you tweet for you. Done. Let's make it Look happen. Okay, we made an agreement. So Look, all it's of your on dates. Tape, so we can't go back on you're it. anywhere, every time you're anywhere, unless I'm hunting in Alaska, which I will be doing soon. I'm going to the Brooks Range to fuck up a moose's day. <laughs> oh my god, that, I, that deer is. Delicious. Do you know how to butcher it? What happens? I know like, the whole at the moment, deer. What are you going to wear? What do you do? That's all I'm doing, man. All I'm Blowing doing these clock. days is fucking every day. I do podcasts. Then I get home from podcasts. 
I shoot bows and arrows. Oh my god! god I shot 150 arrows yesterday with a 90 pound bow. I'm not <laughs> fucking around. Come? I want to go. Fuck yeah, That's, bitch! Shoot, I Listen, fucking love that shit. Both you guys shit. can come. You got to sing songs though and scare away the bears. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> they hate our shit. Well, Steve Ranella, who's the the host of this show that I do called The Meat Eater, I've done his show twice, and I'm, I'm committing to doing it like four times a year. We go out and hunt. It's an amazing show. The guy's a brilliant author. And he's incredibly well-read. Just a, a brilliant guy who also happens to be a really badass hunter who is really into what they call fair chase hunting. And the fair chase hunting is he won't hunt in a f- caged environment. He's not going to hunt. Even right. if it's 10,000 acres, if there's a fence up, he's not hunting there. You know, he, he will hunt wild land, you know, pub, mostly public land, some, mm-hmm. but it has to be a wild animal, you know? And, um, one of the things that, uh, we're trying to figure out is something we could do together. My thought of what we can do together is take people who've never hunted before hunting, like honey, honey, dude, Bring I'm so on. down Are for that. Down? Down. Were yeah. you down? <laughs> would would you like to hunt something ugly and like, uh, that people aren't really into like pigs first? Like it's a good one. Wild wild boar? Yes. We heard that there's some crazy, we have friends who live bacon. up in, in, uh, <laughs> I got a place sir. And these dudes, there's like a culture of dudes up there who go out knife hunting boars. That's I'm not, not going to force you guys to that. do that. I'm not interested in that either. I'm not interested in that either. Okay, that's fine. But there's a place called Tahone Ranch, and we have a relationship with them, and they're only an hour and a half north oh of here. God. It's the biggest ranch in California, 270,000 acres. Holy shit. And they have 50,000 pigs. Oh, my God. It's Jeez. insane. They're infested with pigs. So wait, like, what, what, what is our uh, weapon of choice? Are we bow and arrow? Or no, are we, no, 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 no. Rifling? No. It takes a long time to get good with a bow and arrow okay. like hundreds and hundreds we're of i am though, you know how long i have a i have a bow and arrow hunt scheduled for I june stars one of the reasons <laughs> dude if you killed a fucking wild pig with a shooting star you'd be my new hero i, I wouldn't suck bullets. your dick but i'd let you lay it on my forehead okay. and take a picture That's fine. That'd, I'd probably get me there to be honest you must train I, but it's really hard to fucking this, it's really hard to shoot a pig with a bow and arrow i'm sure with a throwing knife it's virtually impossible with a star <laughs> god damn it you're talking fantasy but with a rifle we can get the job done with a rifle it's not hard at all we've, we've shot some rifles mm-hmm. you need a, a really good hunting rifle and a good guide but this place to hone ranch is like i said an hour and a half north of la and it's enormous and it's all wild oh it's, there's no fences it's just a huge piece of property that so these do animals you hunt at congregate night? on no during no. the day okay it's illegal to hunt at night oh is it yeah, and hard can't. to see also. I just thought I'd well, create you another use, challenge. In Texas, <laughs> night vision? Did you go night vision? In Texas, shit? they do. That's crazy. I've never actually hunted. I've, I've been thinking about it, though, honestly, yeah. because I've, I, I started eating meat again, and I just realized, like, if I'm willing to take this shit shrink-wrapped from a freezer in a store, mm-hmm. I need to be okay with killing this. Well, while we speak, my I have a ham that's brining. That I, I shot a couple of months Did ago. Did you really? I shot a pig. Yeah. Holy shit, yeah, Joe, that's amazing. At Tahone Ranch. Wow. I shot that deer too. That that head right in front of you. This this predator. It's beautiful. No. It was, I would put that on my wall. It was slightly more beautiful when it was wandering around, but way more delicious <laughs> after it's boned out. <laughs> What did you look bleach at the bone it structure? No, I, I brought it to a guy who does that professionally, and uh, they take the brains out and uh, bleach that's, it down. Well, you don't want to keep some stinky brains. Yeah, that's that's pretty gross. They, you know how they do it? They use uh, a type of uh, bug that they use to clean Did- off um, cadaver bones. Ooh. It's called a superworm. I know I about know this that. because we actually uh, fed it to people on Fear Factor. I did <laughs> know that. Oh, man, yeah. that's fucked up. It's pretty dope. It takes a while, too. They leave the, uh, the skull with these superworms for quite a while, and they just go to work. And they chew off 
every single ounce of flesh. You take the the skull, you put it in. How long does that his, take? I don't know. And what I, do I think do it with takes the a few weeks. Afterwards? The worms eat. No, but I mean, so then they have this. They skull move on to the next skull. Then the next guy's got a fucking. So they have their like yeah. their yeah. super worm like, eighteen yeah. Yeah, that just seeds. goes from cadaver to cadaver. Well, there's this thing that they do um, where you can get a head mounted after you shoot a deer, like okay. a trophy. You can get it mounted, and they they take it and they put like glass eyes in it, and they leave the skin on, and they do a taxidermy thing, which is a little odd, you know. So I where kinda, were you like, when you shot this guy? This guy, which one? The this pig? guy right here. His name oh, is the Predator. The predator. <laughs> That's a friend of mine's uh, buddy. I got him tickets for the UFC. Uh, I wish I could remember his name off <laughs> the top of my head. I want to say Steve. But, uh, he's a, a special effects guy. And the uh, the guy, uh, Pat McGee, did the uh, American Werewolf. Who's uh, that's out in the uh, it really frightens me in the, the, the front area? Yeah, <laughs> you're going to be going up against those in Alaska. No, oh. y- you know what? Uh, this this uh, show, Meat Eater, they they know exactly what they're doing. They know where to go. You're always going to deal with bears, but you just have to make sure that you scare them off and keep an eye on them. And there's a lot of guys with guns, and you don't want to hurt the bears, but you don't want the bears stealing your caribou. You got to be real Bitches. careful. Well, you know, it's not even. Fucking what is that? Twenty worst pieces of terrible taxidermy. Yeah, there's like cross-eyed. Look at that puma. That that puma came near me. Hello, hey, hey, man. You know where the bus stop is? (laughs) Oh, that's awful. Oh Oh, man. Yeah, that is weird. (laughs) Look at that cat. That is weird. Some people mix them together too. Suzanne, when you get back, we're gonna sing some songs. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Look at that. No That's a guy who, who shot the front legs out with a fucking missile. <laughs> that is weird. Hey, guys. I'm, you know, I mean, it's a weird thing. I would never shoot an animal just to make a trophy out of it. Never in a million years. But if I found an animal in my, like, backyard and it was dangerous and I shot it and they said, do you want to make a trophy out of it? I'd be like, fuck yeah. It's all about context. That's a tough wolf. <laughs> That wolf is ridiculous. Hi, guys. Here for the party. Do you know that there's a concern right now that wolves might eventually start to uh, reemerge in Paris? I've not heard that. They're starting to make their way closer and closer towards Paris, and they're they're really worried right now that there might be a moment in the somewhat near future when wolves once again are in Paris. <clears throat> How are they going to last? Well, that's the crazy thing, man. They kill people. Wolves killed like 40 people in Paris in the 1400s. Shit. There's a, uh, yeah, it's like a famous incident. I'll pull it up right now. The Wolves of Paris. Yeah, there's a few books about it also. Yeah, it's fucking scary as shit, Is that the American, I mean, is that where American Werewolf in Paris comes from? No. That's because the American Werewolf in London needed a sequel. (laughs) Look at this cover. Hi, guys. That's a beautiful little cutie pie. (laughs) <laughs> and I love wolves. People are like, oh, you fucking, you want to kill all the wolves. I don't. I love wolves. Oh. Don't get me wrong. I love wolves out there being all wolfy. My problem is when wolves come anywhere near people I care about, I want them dead. I want their family dead. Who's the shirtless dude? Wolves in Paris. The other guy's got a little <laughs> tiny little coyote dick. He's trying to pass <laughs> off as a wolf. <laughs> Wolves of Paris. Is that his band or his book? It's like I think it's a cable. It's a it's a book. It's a sequel to Fifty Shades of Purple that comes out after Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> they run out of shit to talk about with colors, so they go with animals. Wolves of Paris. When I was in Paris I had a 
He had a wolf amulet on. He ball gagged me. Yeah, so we, you missed a lot. In Paris, in 1450, 40 human beings were killed by wolves. Jesus! Yeah. Well, we were talking about uh, wolves. No, regular wolves. Okay. There's uh, an issue right now where wolves are getting closer and closer to Paris, and they're worried about wolves reemerging in Paris because they have very Wait, strict environmental. Present day? Yes. Really? They have yeah they have very huh. strict environmental uh, rules as far as uh, animals you're allowed to kill and not kill and the wolves what kind of wolves like the regular kind like timber wolves or yeah. well okay. there's really only one kind of wolf um, like I, I got explained that by uh, this guy Steve Rinella that I do this hunting show with okay. um, like pigs there's only one kind of pig like when you talk about wild pigs. There is literally only one type of pig. Wild or domestic is the same thing. It's called Suscrofa. That's the type of uh, animal. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay. But wolves, same thing. There's just wolves. Gray wolf, timber wolf. It's essentially like the difference between, you know, human beings. There's human beings that live in Jamaica. Sure. There's human beings that live in Tennessee. Different they're, colors, they're, what have you. But they're just human beings. That's Bus it. sizes. Exactly. They have bigger decks. <laughs> but... Um, wolves, uh, that was one of the issues with wolves that were brought in from, uh, Canada because mm -hmm. they brought in wolves to Canada and they repopulated, uh, Yellowstone. Yeah. Really? And, yeah. And a lot of other places. Did we play that, Jamie? We did play that. Wolves change rivers. Did we play that? Yeah, we did. There's a great documentary for those who have not seen it. It's called, uh, Wolves Change the Course of Rivers in Yellowstone. And it's, it's amazing. And uh, it's fascinating how just the reintroduction of wolves to uh, Yellowstone National Park has actually changed the way the rivers flow. It's fucking incredible shit. I'm not anti-wolf. I'm not anti-anything. I am not anti... I talk shit, okay? I don't mean what I say. And people need well, to understand I'm, that. I'm really There's happy to know the that shit. the wolves are repopulating. I'm not. I, I hope they I die in a fire. Wolves are one of my spirit animals. Cunty, cunty little wolves shitty dogs that want to eat babies. You say that unless you were alone with a wolf. I am a lone wolf. Don't you know? <laughs> You're like Chuck Norris and Lone Wolf McQuaid. <laughs> No, um, I, I have a, an affinity for like birds of prey and and wolves and things like that. Have you ever met an eagle in the wild? No, but I fucking like this I would guy. freak what? out. <laughs> I love them so much. What's so funny? <laughs> have you ever met an eagle in the wild? I can't wait till the day. I know what's gonna today. happen one you day. Dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. I have. I sure have. <laughs> I will I, say no more. An eagle in the wild is very different than an eagle that's in a zoo. That's what I'm saying. I, I've, I've seen never seen many, an eagle in the wild. Too. I've seen many like you know fucking flying around. Brian. Growing up, um, Mocking my word. I have a lot of family in Minnesota, and we would they don't go. They have eagles in Minnesota. Fish? Are you kidding me? They, they call themselves eagles. Come on, they're like, Rogan. They're like g gang members in fucking Irvine. That's like Bar the eagle capital. <laughs> I don't think it's the eagle capital. All right. I was in Alaska eating. with Ari Shafir. We went, uh, we went salmon fishing. We, we saw a bunch of eagles. It was fucking freaky. Is that big man? Yeah. Did you call any to your arm, your outstretched arm? Oh, uh, there's none of that going on, dude. They'll eat your face. They, the only thing they're looking at you is like, can I carry this guy away? <laughs> hmm, too big. If you were a baby, they would fucking eat your asshole. Awful. Eagles are essentially dinosaurs that made it. That's all they are. 
What do you think about the, the Octolish Rift uh, purchased by Amazing. Facebook? Isn't that great? Amazing. I'm very fucking excited about that, actually. I'm just excited that there's more uh, financial resources behind the process of Oculus Rift, or the, uh, the uh, rather, not the process, the um, technology. Yeah. I just hope I, that Facebook seems cool. It's like you know, one of the things that we were talking about recently was about that one. I find very encouraging about this new tech money is that these guys, whether it's the Google people or the Facebook people, they seem ethical. You know, they seem they're making a shitload of money, but their their intentions seem fairly pure. Yeah, and it's gotten more serious just from this purchase, where before it was still kind of like, a, you know, not many people knew about it. Like kind my of mom. Or did, yeah. Now it's, you know, everyone's going to know about this in a couple of years. So I think it's good. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I love that fucking Zuckerberg fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah. I think he's beautiful. I'll give him a kiss right in the mouth if he's in the room. You have a Facebook page, Joe? I do. I have a, um, a fan page. I can't respond to emails, so please don't. I can't get. I just can't get into the habit. Not to you. I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying to other people. Please don't, Ben. I'm tired of you fucking emailing me, dude. So what are you doing now? Shut up. What are you hunting? There's now? no way. It's yeah. impossible. Let me show you my knife. Uh, is that a euphemism? <laughs> Do I have to? Let me show you my blade. Let me show you my metaphor. Why it's shaped like an elephant's trunk. It's dull, but it's. It'll cut your soul. <laughs> effective. Vaguely effective. <laughs> what are you guys going to play? Oh, sorry. We're going to play a song called Big Man. My Ooh, good friends, the only band I've ever worked with ever in real life. What are you going to play? Big Man? That's the song we're going to play. Oh, yeah. Real life. When well, are you going to play only... with us, Joe? When you can play some drums, I feel like you could get I can't some play drums, drums I want to just watch. Do too many things. <laughs> <laughs> play any drums? Super group. Bet your player means skin flute. <laughs> Words. Ew. Come on. The penis. Ew. Obvious here. Is this okay, guys? Yeah. Hit it. Let it go. Where are these? Hey, hey, hey. How's that work? <coughs> oh, boy. Ready? Came far in 
can cry your head off, baby. Let it roll right off your bones. It's all part of some big plan, baby. But no one should ever die alone. No one should ever die alone. Bones buried young. Bones buried deep, bones that won't shake now lay to sleep, and he looks down, oh he looks up, he was a good man, that was enough, sing for that Awesome. That's a beautiful song. Shit. Thanks, Mike. Is that one of the ones going to be in the new special? That's, that's the idea. Yeah, that's what we're ever, shooting for. Do you guys have a name? For the record? For the record? No. No? <laughs> Not yet, but Good. Uh, we're open to ideas. But, you know, can I be honest? We're really, um, we're working with a new dude this weekend. That's why we're here. And A new producer? Yeah, yeah, and we're person? really, really honored and excited that he really wants to work with us. And it's kind of sort of like a trial run. So fingers crossed, it, he's our guy. Awesome. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's fucking hard. Listen, I know it is. Um, you know, it's, it's easy for me to say I know it's hard. You know, but I've watched you guys. You know, I know, I, I, I at least I know from observing your struggle. And I have friends that are musicians. And I have friends, you know, like Everlast, who's made it, and, and friends who are still struggling. And I, I know it's a crazy business. It ain't easy. You know, but you guys are talented as fuck, and I'll buy your shit all day. <laughs> you know, I'm honored to be friends with you guys, but if I wasn't friends with you guys, I would buy the fucking shit out of your music. I love it. <laughs> I, I became a fan when I saw that uh, Angel of Death uh, acoustic version that you guys did on a roof somewhere. Here in L.A., yes. back in the Disney. Yeah. It's so cool that you can find someone like that. I can see you guys on and this video. And then we video. can connect. Yeah, and then all of a sudden crazy. we're hanging. We're friends. <laughs> it's awesome. We live in awesome times, man. It's just beautiful. It's beautiful. That, and there was no middleman. We all made that happen together, you know? It's just great. It's fucking incredible. Well, that's what's been happening more and more, too, is being able to just talk to the people who are supporting us. Why don't we do a Honey Honey podcast? Why don't you guys start doing a podcast? Fuck yeah. We got some Talking to the mic. Yeah, especially when you guys are on the road, you could just put two mics and... You know, doing it in a hotel room or car. Yeah, like, Suzanne, I saw that little thing you did where you're interviewing the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I saw that. Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I the saw Dark you Knight. interviewing that's the cat. Little, that's my that was before homeboy. we ever met. That's some ridiculous shit. We used to do some fun stuff. We should fucking do that again. Before we, just, we ever uh, met, I saw that. And I was like, these are like some really genuine people. <laughs> I'm like, you guys are cool. Because I think there's a weird thing that everyone does, including me, who's met... I've met a lot of people that are on television or a lot of people that are 
you know, artists or, you know, musicians or actors or comedians or whatever. It meant a lot of people with varied responses. It's, it's like sometimes you meet them and they're like, you're like, you're bummed out that you met them. And then sometimes you meet them and you're like, wow, these you know, people I feel are that way too. pretty fucking badass. I get kind of squeamish when there's somebody I really, really like and I know I'm going to meet them. Yeah. Like with Cheryl, I was like, oh God, like, please turned out nice. to be fucking awesome, you know? Yeah. And sometimes you just have to like... <sighs> yeah. You have to sort of just accept, like, sometimes the, the musicians or actors or whatever, you love their work, and then they turn out to be a douche. You could still love their work. It's just, you know, you have to separate it, you know? Yeah, and it's not saying that they have to be that way either. It's yeah. just, it's also saying that if you meet a guy and they're just extra or a girl, and they're just extraordinarily talented but incredibly troubled, you got to realize that there's like a balance going on with human beings. Yeah. There's this weird balance, and it's a, it doesn't always work out right. You know what's interesting, though? I think it's shifting a lot more. You know, you get people like Jimmy Fallon, who are these, like, I love Jimmy Fallon. I think he's, he's a sweetie. He's creating this realm of, like, joy, comedy, um, br- like, brilliant shit. Yeah. You know, and, and like... He's got this like great childhood, like this great family he loves. Like, well, he seems like a sweet guy too. Yeah, he and, seems and like I, a think, nice guy. I think there's room for that. You don't you don't have to be fucked up to to be an artist anymore. You know, and you never really did. Are you calling Jimmy Fallon an artist? You got to slow the fucking horse <laughs> down. Are you kidding I'm just me? kidding. That guy I'm, is I'm kidding. Shit. Of course he's an artist. Nobody does a better you. Neil Young impression no. than Jimmy Fallon. Well, I also think that he's probably. I mean, he's probably one of the best talk show hosts ever. He really cares. You can just tell. He is a genuine guy. Like, there's the, this coming off of him. Like, he seems like a genuinely nice guy. And so is Jimmy Kimmel, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel is a genuinely nice guy. He, he's a sweetheart. Like, you know, I heard somebody said something <laughs> about Jimmy Kimmel. was uh, He was a dick to Rob Ford. You know, like, okay, come on, man. The guy's fucking the Toronto mayor, and he smokes crack. Like, <laughs> you kind of, if you only have seven minutes with that guy, I'm sorry, but we got to get down to business. Yeah, no I can't shit. allow you to fucking talk about your favorite football team for six <laughs> minutes, and then, hey, what about that crack thing? <laughs> you, you know, yeah, we got to get busy right away. And if it looks like I'm being a dick, I'm so sorry, but you smoke crack. <laughs> You're the fucking mayor of Toronto, son. Oh, come on, God. you got to give up a certain amount of uh, decorum when you're addressing yeah, such issues. Had Jimmy Kimmel where he interviewed Jay Leno after the yeah, Nitro swap he was, I thought that was incredible, man. Well, you know what, man? Him. Jimmy Kimmel let Jay Leno know what the fuck is up. That's what he did. Yeah, he you said gotta he, hand it to somebody who's gonna like have the balls to go to real town, you know? My only problem with that is that Jay Leno was also being sort of, in, in a sense enabled or thrust into that situation by the network Mm -hmm. because the network why would the network change everything around if they didn't want to i mean like why are you getting upset like if if the the if conan o'brien went into that position and then all of a sudden the fucking show exploded and became this monster mega hit that everybody thought it would be then there would be no discussion with Jay Leonard to go back and take over the Tonight Show. So then there would be no discussion about falling back on his word or like you know what did you? Say? It's it was all weird. It was mm-hmm. you know, in a little bit of yeah, a way. I it's weird. Awkward. That's it's it's the, when you you're dealing with those fucking weird sort of talk show host situations. You know you're dealing with those weird like the battle between you know this guy and that guy and they're gonna who's the best and like that did you see that talk show war the, the talk show war show with Letterman and Jay Leno where it shows how Letterman and Jay Leno were like battling with each other and 
Letterman yeah. always wanted to do Back Tonight Show. Late Why Night. I think. What was it called? Late Night? I think it was called Late Night. And J- Jay Leno hid in the closet and heard these NBC executives plotting against him while he was in the closet. Are you so, serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, he knew, like, what to say to them. He knew how to fuck with them, like, to let them know. So, they did, like, a bug sweep of the room to try to find the bug. He was hiding in the closet. It's <laughs> hilarious, really. But it doesn't seem like that's the right way to do it you know and i i like that what jimmy kimmel did was like stand up for another talk show host he like he and just say the shit yeah. that everyone was thinking so I, I just like it when that happens with public i just but, love but that he decided like, that it was something that he wanted to do i yeah. love that you know he's so is so strongly like in support of conan that he decided to like show solidarity and well, uh-huh. in his interview with jay leno do that you use this word genuine a bunch of times yeah i think that's like the, the fucking nucleus of of all this stuff like of the podcast of your genuine conversations and your genuine you know um messages and stuff like that like there's a lot of interesting things happening like jimmy fallon and jimmy kimmel and, yeah and you get somebody who's not afraid to speak the truth that's that's really powerful shit. Well, Jim, yeah, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy, both of them, Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel, both. I think they get they, you have the sense that they like themselves, like they're yeah. happy with who they are. They're not, you know, they're they're not dissatisfied. And they should. Everybody yeah, should. Fuck yeah, everybody should for sure. But like Jimmy Kimmel, like when I took over the Man Show with Doug Stanhope, like he could have been a total dick about that easily. He could have been rude. He could have made fun of us, and it didn't turn out well. It turned out to be a disaster. I didn't know that he had like a bad relationship with the people that were producing it. They had like real issues, legal issues, uh, like uh, issues over content, issues over ownership. There's like a, there was a lot of bullshit that went down. Apparently, I don't know the, the the real roots behind it, but I didn't know that. I thought these guys just didn't want to do it anymore, and now we could do it. And I didn't talk to them about it, but he was never a dick about it, not even a little bit. Like he's like he he sent me an email, was is very friendly about it. Like the the, the, the possibility to be a douchebag was there, and he would have been right, mm-hmm. and he chose not to do it. He would have been right, but it wasn't. He would even been a douchebag. It would just make it something that it wasn't, you know. And I just I, I I've always respected that guy, but I respected him even more because of that. Because if I was in his position, I might make fun of me, you know. I I might be shitty to me. And when I did his show, he was like super cool, like after the fact. And I, I like apologized to him for doing a shitty version of the Man Show, and but it was there was no animosity. He's just a good guy, mm-hmm. and like you can tell that 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 somehow or another gets through the TV, it gets through the wires, it, it reaches you, you know. Somehow or another, it gets in there, and I don't know how much of that you can fake. Yeah. You know, you can fake something. You can fake a smidgen, a smidge here or there. But a genuine niceness, like that Jimmy Fallon exudes. Damn, I don't know if an asshole knows how to do that. You know, yeah. I don't know if an asshole knows how to hit that frequency. Did you guys see the video of them uh, with uh, with of you two and Jimmy Fallon on the opening night? No, I don't think so. Oh my God! Listen, it's one of the most transformative moments of my life over the last year was falling asleep on the couch. Um, you know, whatever I, I worked out, I had something to eat and I was sitting on the couch and a lot of times <laughs> I watched like, uh, I watched like bow hunting shows or I watched MMA fights. I'm a fucking caveman. If you came over and looked at my DVR, you'd be like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I just like what I like. Okay. I'm not judging myself, but I fell asleep and I woke up 
and it was the premiere of the Jimmy Fallon uh, first season, uh, first episode of The Tonight Show. And as I woke up, U2 was singing the acapella version of Ordinary Love, or acoustic version, rather, of Ordinary Love. And uh, Jamie, pull, pull it up. Is that it's from the Frozen soundtrack? U2, U2 on <laughs> Ha Ha Ha. Is it, though? No. <laughs> Listen, it's a brilliant new song from U2. But it's not just that it's brilliant. It's one of those moments where um, you're watching in Bono. You're watching like a, a, just a fucking brilliant artist. Say what you want about that guy. You know, say what you want about his political ties and his charitable causes and his sunglasses indoors at night. Say what you want about that guy. That guy is a bad motherfucker and whatever it is out there that makes things great whatever it is where you're watching pink singing while she's spiraling around over an audience and, and never losing tune and knowing that it's completely live or whether it's bono sitting on that fucking couch and youtube behind him playing and jimmy fallon is sitting there and will smith is sitting there and it's so undeniably brilliant that I, I woke up from a nap sitting on the couch to woke up just in time for them to be joking around and then go into that song. Like the universe wanted me to see this. It's fucking perfect. It's a perfect moment of entertainment. It has perfect music it has a perfect response it has a perfect moment being the premiere of jimmy fallon's version of the tonight show it has perfect being one of the greatest actors ever will smith is sitting there i mean a huge fucking movie star i mean people don't think he's a badass motherfucker i've never seen him play muhammad ali Hey, the audience is standing up and they're all on their feet screaming. There's not a guy with a sign. Stand up, stand up, clap, applaud. Like if you go to those, uh, like if you go to Tonight Show's Chaping, at least the old ones, they used to have a guy who would tell you when to applaud. There was oh, like yeah. signs would yeah. light up or a guy would like hold up a sign. It's crazy. That was some beautiful shit, right? That was amazing. And I love the roots. You gotta God love the roots. damn, I love them. I love I loved the band. I love Jimmy Fallon. But I love that moment. That moment. Is, that, I'll never forget that. Sitting by myself, gym shorts, <laughs> still sweaty, like staring at the TV, Dude. and it, it comes on, and, and I'm just like, God damn, I just saw something. I just saw a fucking shooting star. I saw an asteroid hit. I saw some freaky shit, you know? I mean, that's crazy that an asteroid, that's only happened once. Asteroids have hit the earth many times, you know? I mean, how many fucking, how many times has there been a, a, a big hole slammed into in the earth because a rock fell from the sky a lot how many times has youtube been on the jimmy fallon show once youtube was on the <laughs> jimmy fallon show one time ever and it was the first time there's only one first time ever in the whole universe that youtube is going to be on the jimmy fallon show that's crazy unless you believe in true infinity and, and that's the monkey wrench because true infinity means if there is a you that the world is what what you see, everything exists in the exact same form, not only once, but infinitely. 
So not only are there so many possibilities in the concept of infinity, infinity meaning infinite possibilities. We can't even imagine what that means. What that means is that everything that you've ever experienced, everything that I've ever experienced, you looking exactly like you, you looking exactly like you, you with the same creepy dude who tried to sneak you into the woods to see a fucking largemouth bass. All of that exists in the exact same order, in the exact same form, in an infinite number of times. So that's how crazy infinity is. <coughs> Wrap your fucking head around I'm that. I'm trying to. I'm like, I'm like, wait a second. So somewhere out there, so there is, is playing it's not just one. Show right now. Right again. there. Not only that, U2 is playing. You're not supposed to say U2. It's like U2. I, I say it like U2. Shouldn't say it that way. But U2 right now is probably playing an infinite amount of times all over the universe and at the exact same moment. At the exact same moment, the exact same words are coming out of the exact same mouth. That experience, everything that has ever happened, the idea of that like never happening that again. Exactly like you on the other side of the world? For sure. Yeah. The, not on the other side of the world, but on the other side of the universe. The idea of everything that has ever happened being unique in comparison to the creation of the world is so preposterous. The idea that we're so fucking important because we are able of saying, capable of talking, capable of explaining how important we are. But the idea that we are any weirder than a black hole or a sun. I mean, it's ridiculous. So the idea of human civilization happening in the exact same order everywhere, we'd be like, how is that possible? But how would it be possible for there to be other planets? That's way crazier. <laughs> there's a fucking shit ton of those, dude. Yeah. How would it be possible that there's water in space? Oh, there's a lot of it. In fact, that's what you see when you see a comet, stupid. You see water <laughs> flying off the back of that thing. That's water. That's a fucking Earth-sized chunk of water flying through space. Holy shit. You know, yeah, the whole thing is nuts. It's not nuts that you don't exist not just once but an infinite amount of times. That's more likely than a star. That's more likely than a black hole. That's more likely than just the idea of people breathing air and staying alive and fish sucking air out of water and some fucking weird contraption called gills. That's nuts. All of it's nuts. The fact that it exists the same place in the same form all over the, the universe in an infinite amount of times in exactly the same order, that seems like likely. If you think how nuts Jesus. it is. God That's damn. why when you see a moment like you two on the Jimmy Fallon show singing that song, like you're witnessing a universal, unique moment, universal through everything, through the whole thing. Like that, that feeling you get when you get goosebumps, the whole universe got goosebumps for that. Well, and it's interesting that you woke up for it. It's like you're in tune with that kind of thing. No, you know? I got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I probably okay, had a pee. <laughs> <laughs> I probably I, I drank a lot of coconut water. I drank some of that this <laughs> delicious C2O coconut water. I probably had a pee. <laughs> Most likely. But maybe not. I mean, I'm, I'm not convinced that reality is real. I'm not convinced you guys are even here. We're not. I mean, I don't know. We're not. <laughs> All this YouTube internet stuff is kind of a approximation of it, isn't it? Because now we can. We just watched it again, and we're experiencing it in a different way, but that moment has been captured. Yeah. And that moment can now repeat itself in our like, controlled medium, right? So it's maybe this is us piecing together all these things that you're talking about. I hope if you see it, the first time you see it, it's before I said anything about it to you. The last thing I want is to flavor that moment with some my own uh, you know that's i think that was a just a tremendous performance if somebody sees it and you hear me talking about it shut it off 
and go watch the real thing. Don't, you know, if somebody puts it on YouTube, We're watch the real thing. We're going to be flavored by something. Might as well be flavored by Joe. Oh, please. Maybe salt would be better. <laughs> salt and a little cumin. Flavored by Joe. It's really good for you. Dameron. It's an anti-inflammatory. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> But, you know, do you guys feel those moments on stage and realize that you're, you're tapping into something unique when, when that happens, when you hit that, that, you know, we were talking about it when we were playing pool, like sometimes you just hit this weird stride yeah. where everything's just falling into place and it feels like automatic. Uh-huh. And you know that there's that moment, I'm sure it's, it's got to be very similar to the the moment like that in comedy with, with your music. There's got to be moments where you guys are just flowing. You know, there was a this moment. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, but there was a moment where you were on stage and you were singing, and it was at the December twenty first show, the two thousand twelve end of the world show, and both Joey Diaz and Eddie Bravo came off stage, and they both at the same time go, "That's a badass bitch. That's a badass bitch. That's a badass bitch, Eddie Bravo. That's a badass bitch. God damn, those motherfuckers are talented." God and Eddie's like that's a badass bitch. God damn, those guys damn. are talented. But it was that moment where you, you know you it was we had never done a show with a musical act before, and a lot of my friends were skeptical. They were like, "What are you guys gonna do? Like, how does that work together? How does it work?" I, thought, I go, "I think the music probably shouldn't be in the middle because it would be like it would like interrupt the flow of the comedy, but I think it would enhance the beginning of the comedy. And I think you know, so we do it this way. And so when we when we did it." And you guys got on stage. It was the first time that Eddie had ever seen you guys live. And, uh, you know, he was like, holy shit, they're good. He was like, the lyrics, the, the fucking, the music, the, the, the choices they made. He just was just like shaking his head. But I'll, I'll never forget that moment when they both walked off stage. Because they were both shaking their heads. Because, <laughs> yeah, you know, so Joey lucky. was going to go on stage next and do some stand-up. We got so lucky to be involved with this. Man, well, honestly. we're lucky too. We're all lucky. We're lucky as shit. I, I, I wouldn't be, you know, this this would this show would be completely uninteresting. It was just me talking every week. <laughs> I, I disagree. Yeah. I think you have a lot to say, and it's very interesting. People are hurt. They've heard it already by now. I've run out of shit to say. I repeat myself. <laughs> I don't even like listening to me anymore. But we're we're all lucky for reals, you know, including people listening. We're all in on this in some fucking weird way. We're all in on this thing together. It's just that uh, folks like uh, you and I and Red Band and whoever's on the mic out there, you're, you're, you're a part of the lightning rod. You're part of the lightning rod that distributes all this shit. But we're all in it together. We don't even know what we're doing. We don't even know why we're doing it. We just start doing it, and then somewhere along the line we realize we love it. And the next thing you know, you're singing songs or you're telling jokes or you're fucking making guitars. Whatever it is, you know, you find that thing. Big TPs. Yeah, just big teepees. You find that weird, weird thing out there in the world, you know, whatever it is. And if you don't, goddamn, keep looking, keep looking. It's rousing, man. Yeah, I Holy feel like I, I might. Do, I'm kind of like do really. Something. I don't even know. I'm what to rousing do. myself I like... up. I don't even know if I'm honest. <laughs> don't question. This is go. all literature. Just go. It's all fiction. It's coming from the universe. Um, play another song. Yeah, sure. Okay. I gotta like reacclimate myself. Yeah, me too. I'm a. Uh, so we, you want to play this one? I'm trying to think. I feel like we should play an uplifting one. but Shit. No, you don't have to play an uplifting. If you want to make the folks cry, maybe we'll have a little yin and yang. Okay. A peak and a, a high and a low. Whatever you want. We're going to put some yang on this one. Can I make a request? We may not be able to fulfill it, but you can How dare you? How's that not possible? <laughs> um, will you, pl- you guys play L.A. River? I'll do that. 
sure. Uh, that's a, I mean, yeah. yeah. Please. I'll try to mess it up. I fucking love that song. Sure. You want to do it right now? Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to try some. That's one of the cool things about music. You guys can take requests. If comedians take requests. We haven't played this in a while. I will really try not to mess it Unless up. Unless it's Thunder Pussy. Like the, that, that kind of request is great. You know what? Maybe you just play. Okay. Okay. What the fuck key do we do there? Oh, I, okay. Yeah, it's different. Boom. All right, I got this. I'm going to open this. Here we go. fucking song <laughs> that was badass holy yeah, shit out of tune. that was really cool <laughs> Thanks, man. Man. <clears throat> i like the banjos making a comeback i'd like that <laughs> big time you know, what you know the banjo gets thrown under the bus a lot what happened how'd well, the banjo he, get her a, you know the hillbillies I think. oh <laughs> those motherfuckers you know what it's okay <laughs> inundated i like being the underdog i'm from cleveland you know it's like you're you you gotta just you gotta come back up Fucking sure. banjo. Deep respect for Drew Carey. Oh man, I met Drew Carey. He's I met him guy. at um, I met him at Swingers, 
the diner. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, he's there like every day almost. <laughs> and he's a great guy. And I walked up to him. And I was, and I, you know, I, I don't normally do this kind of thing, but I, I'm a hometown hero lover, you know. And I was like, Drew, my name's Suzanne. I'm I'm from Parma, Ohio, which is what the show. I think was we talked about on. this on the podcast. Yeah, did we? And he was so fucking nice. And he actually tweeted at us. Like, I I threw a tweet at him, and he was super cool, really nice guy. Uh, he's a sweetheart. He's a genuine nice guy. Yeah. It was nice. Nice when you run into people that are genuinely nice. It's cool, you know? And, and when they're not, uh, fuck them. <laughs> Maybe you caught them on a bad day, too. You can't really judge Could somebody. be. Could be. We've all been there. Yeah. We've all been there. You guys going to move back to L.A.? Come on. I, I want to. We, just, we need to make this record and then Nashville make shit. some more dough. Make you know, some more cash. Make it rain. You know what I was thinking, though? When you were talking about the banjo, I remember about Nashville. Something that's amazing about Nashville is it has this real wellspring of music, which is... <laughs> What'd you just do? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of music in Nashville, right? But there's a lot of traditional music and, like, you know, stuff that's like, hey, it's Voodoo. American. You know, and not in a bad way. Like, right. bluegrass music, is, I mean, it didn't didn't come out of Nashville specifically, but that region, you have traditional music, and you, you're not really in touch with that many other places. Like, here, there's a great music scene. But there aren't people who are like keeping a flame alive, as far as I. That's interesting. Know. So they're keeping like a bluegrass flame alive. They really are. Like yeah. American roots music is is huge, and there's oh. people that are dedicated to just like spreading this shit, making sure people know about it. Huh. Um, and that's, I mean, that's that's why the banjo is still around, you know, because someone. Yeah, I mean, there's like there's always been a respect that uh, rock and roll guys pay to uh, things like bluegrass or the blues. Or did you ever? You, you, I'm sure you guys know the song, one of my all time favorite Skinner songs, the the ballad of Curtis Lowe. Do you know that song? Mm -hmm. It's about uh, him uh, picking up bottles and returning them so he could <laughs> give money to this guy Curtis Lowe so he could sing him a song because this guy would uh, sit out and. They'd, they'd give him money and he'd buy wine with it and he would sing songs for people. Mm -hmm. And it's just a fucking beautiful song. But it's not just a beautiful song. It's a beautiful song that Skinner did as like uh, just in in uh, in honor of these like unknown blues guys yeah. like, that have respect for. That are responsible for all this shit. Yeah. You know, it's like you look, Jimi Hendrix. He didn't, yeah. didn't exist without these guys. I was reading about some guy. You know, this was like the recording era in the 40s and 50s. You'd have they, – they just zone in on these blues guys. They'd find them on the street. This guy, Blind Willie McTell, he was yeah. – and they'd bring him up to New York and they'd cut songs with them, give them like 25 bucks. <laughs> Seriously. And send them back and make millions, make millions of dollars. And 20 years after oh he's put God. out all these records, this guy uh, – like Atlantic Records, this guy, Ahmed Erdogan, finds him on the street still and he's just doing his thing. Wow. That's still doing fucked. his thing. And there's That's a whole community fucked. of these guys, man. Well, there was quite a few that definitely got taken advantage of for sure. You know, and there's all this weird lore behind it all, too. Like, I always was uh, fascinated by uh, Robert Johnson, uh -huh. you know, and the whole story. Yeah, the crossroads. Yeah, the crossroads. We sold the soul to the devil. Uh -huh. I would have thought the devil would give him better songs. I mean, <laughs> I mean the songs are pretty good. <laughs> they're really good, but they're really good for the time. I would think uh -huh. the devil would have, like, mad like universal magic. Yeah. Like, there's songs that, for whatever reason... They just don't quite hang in there. They don't quite hold up. There's some old songs. You listen to them. They're, they're fascinating, but they don't quite touch you. Mm -hmm. you know? And then you get to a certain point where they're like, okay, this song will exist forever. And my, my register is like songs like Whole Lot of Love. 
like Zeppelin, whole lot of love. Like I don't give a fuck what happens. I don't care if they invent time travel. I don't care if you've got like robots on Pluto that put your body in suspended animation and print a, a 3D copy of it that breathes carbon dioxide and it wanders around on the surface. I don't care. You're not going to make a better song than whole lot of love. You might make a different song. It might be yeah. different, but it's not going to be better. It's mm-hmm. not possible to be better. There's something about that. There's something about the beauty of Palmer's voice and the sounds of the guitar and Jimmy Page is hitting it perfect and it's the the time it's the time mm-hmm. there's marijuana smoke in the air and everyone's on lsd and it's just mm-hmm. it's just a different time yeah. they they captured this rare moment where the universe gave birth to flowers uh-huh. <laughs> the universe gave birth to like these artistic flowers in the form of human expression they they were birthed out of the human consciousness and imagination but yeah they're mm-hmm. the pioneers you know they're the they kind of started this thing but it's interesting now juxtaposed to like music made today where there's so many manufactured sounds and stuff it's not like hey this is what the drums sound in my like in my friend's basement you know Mm -hmm. fucking awesome but doesn't it seem like things that are i I hate the word organic but it seems like the right word to use to describe people like the black keys like that they yeah they're they're awesome but they're also still like they didn't come up with that sound well but you know they didn't come up with the blues they no. just executed really well neither, neither right did but zeppelin that's the kind it's like the robert yeah. johnson thing yeah and pioneers are like that's a great word and i also think not a fitting one necessarily maybe ever because somebody okay. always did it yeah before and there was always something that's true. that they're isn't that so from. true yeah isn't that so true isn't that what's unique about the whole thing yeah. is yeah. that someone else has always we, there's no real pioneers it's just mm-hmm. everyone is sort of handing a torch off and yeah. there's this moments where someone comes up with a whole lot of love and you're like what yeah. 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 <laughs> well the fuck is you made a, a black diamond that weighs a thousand pounds yeah you know you figured out a way to make some like yeah. universally weird and unusual yeah and 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 an important object and they probably weren't even trying they're just kind of filtering this stuff it's a it's like a set of circumstances and experiences yeah like, okay these british dudes hear this music they're from this weird working class town and when they really play tight it, pants yeah yeah <laughs> And there's some of them that, you know, sometimes you have to step back away from them to realize how great they really were. Like, if you don't listen to Sweet Home Alabama for six months, Mm -hmm. and then that's what you have to do. do It's like, if you don't have sex for like six weeks, when you you do have sex, it'll be so amazing. Because every touch will be like, the power of the touch will be inflated beyond belief. Every all of it, the sparks, the energy, the, but the only way for that to build up is you got to take some time off. And Sweet Home Alabama's overplayed to death. They beat the fuck out of that song because it's so good. But sometimes you could forget. You forget but how good it is. But it's still a good roll in the hay, is what you're saying. All you need is a little time off. You need a little time off, and you realize that's God trying to speak through some fat, long-haired Florida boys. <laughs> That's God Man, speaking through them. I'm trying to find the correlation between sex, not having sex for six weeks, and then listening to Sweet Home Because Alabama. you have you to, you like can't. Familiarity no breeds no contempt. To me, we're, we're just. <laughs> familiarity breeds contempt. You know Sweet Alabama inside and out. You can't appreciate what it really is. What it really is is these guys found a lightning rod to the universal constant. <clears throat> 
They just hit that fucking button. Sweet home Alabama. And this is 19 whatever, 70, who the fuck knows? The cars were all dog shit. Uh-huh. Fucking oil <laughs> oil crises and fucking Nixon and Jimmy Carter. Everybody's a mess. Yeah. And then all of a sudden these fat guys out of Florida Ugly, white trash, fat guys. Sweet home, Alabama. Not even fat all the time. Like in the beginning, actually kind of That's kind of a happy song, man. That's like a joyful song at moments, right? They were amazing. Whatever the fuck they were for that brief moment of time, you know, before that plane crash, they were amazing. Oh, God. Leonard Skinner, to this day, if I have uh, like a list of shit in my iPod and I'm like in an airport or something like that and I'm scrolling through and I see my little Skinner folder, I'm like, fuck, you got to go to Skinner. You got to go to Skinner, man. It's fuck like ACDC. It. I feel the same way. Fuck yeah. Even if the, every song sounds like an ACDC song, like they don't vary at all. Doesn't matter. It's like, do it like that's like a chemical well, that's their rush flavor. when it's you like, put that stuff yeah. on. Yeah. Well, I want Oreos. They're so unique in that. And it's like, you know, that. You know, you hear that. Like, Mm -hmm. they have that such a marching sort of style, you know? Yeah, that's browsing shit. So many guys come, like, uh, into the cage, into mixed martial arts fights, and even in boxing fights. They listen to ACDC? Fuck yeah. yeah. Thunderstruck's a big one. We had a really uh, uh, kind of defining moment of our of our lifetime i would say not lifetime but we saw black sure. sabbath oh. <laughs> we were we were overseas we were in amsterdam and it was it actually happened to then thanksgiving as well um and a friend of ours got us tickets to see black sabbath and you know you you got to think like how much longer does ozzy got you know you you don't want to miss it if you have an opportunity and it was amazing like it was really you really saw his energy was was so genuine. It really was. You could tell he was having a blast. He couldn't sing for shit. I mean, he was so off key that he was almost back in key. Like it was so far <laughs> off an octave that it was almost back in. But it was so entertaining to see him because he really felt like you felt his energy was like across the whole. Like it was like a, it was called the Ziggo Dome. Right. It was this huge, you know, place, and it was a it was a really crazy experience to see Ozzy Osbourne. You know, wow. up on stage doing his thing. He's got his like signature moves. Like between each song, he'd be like, "I can't fucking hear you," <laughs> and then they're screaming. You know, and it was crazy. But it was Literally. really, really great to see. Like you know, he's legendary. Brian, you remember when we went to see? You, you, you were with me when we went to see Steel Panthers, right? Yeah, in <laughs> Vegas. We went to we see Steel them. Panthers in when Vegas, see them? and the, the dude who's the lead singer does the most insane. <clears throat> impression of Ozzy Osbourne. I mean, mm-hmm. pitch, movement, like the way he shuffles on stage. He does Crazy Train, and it's like, holy shit. It's so good, it makes you want to go see Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> it really is <laughs> so good. That's a bizarre place that they have, right? Bands like Steel Panther. Yeah. It's amazing, but it makes you want to see somebody else. Well, they have, um, they're not just a band. They're like a show. Uh-huh. You know, those yeah, guys are... kind of like a review, right? Well, it's it's... Yeah, it's almost like a little bit of that. Is this them doing it? It's hard to tell, but this audio is hard to hear. You got when we see it live though, it's fucking insane. I mean, he sounds like Ozzy Osbourne in his prime. Yeah. I mean, exactly. It's brilliant. You know. Wow. Yeah, it made you want to go see Ozzy before it's too late. Yeah. 
Who knows how they're there keeping was, that there guy alive. There was a good 20 to 30 minute drum solo that went on. <laughs> it was I, I being mean, it was, transported. You, you were in the 70s. You, you know were I mean? there. Like you went yeah. back and this is what people did. I don't smoke did. weed very often, but I did at, in Amsterdam and it was, it, was cr- it was crazy. I mean, you're just like, fuck yeah, I'm going to get high at Black Sabbath. Uh, I remember one time I was really writing. Bad at it. <laughs> I was coming home on a plane and I was writing. And a lot of times when I write, I'll eat like a pot edible before I get on the plane. Mm-hmm. And this one was particularly strong. And for whatever reason, I decided to play Crazy Train over and over <gasps> and over again. I put it on repeat. And I, I played that song for fucking five hours while I was writing. <laughs> all, the way from, all the way from New York back to LA. It was five hours of Crazy Train. Oh my God. Yeah, you just one of those things. It's like you catch a great, <laughs> great groove. Just That's ride interesting. It. I've never thought about writing to other music because we're usually I'm writing music, but that'd be, you know, like, like why does this sound listening. exactly like crazy like, well, like when I was like I could never um, like study when I was in school. I could never really study if there's music in the background because I'd be really distracted yeah, by it. Either. Most That's of the really time I feel the same way, but I needed comfort. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> Just five hours. Keep I was it, too high. That's, I needed, that's dedication. I needed comfort. Well, it's also when you get when you get super high, patterns start to once they become like very recognizable by the mind. The mind settles into this idea that there's not going to be any interruptions in those patterns. So, like Crazy Train essentially becomes like a three minute and thirty five second ohm. That's great. This is like, helping me because I'm really bad at being high. <laughs> I'm so bad. I, I'm not. It's not. I lose my sparkle. You know, I really just can't. I can't. Um, I'm not present. You know, I can't mm-hmm. really focus on a conversation and I feel very self-aware and I want to take a fucking nap. I hear tired. you. I, I totally understand those things. They're very, very logical. But I think that um, what I like about it is that terrible feeling of everything going completely off the rails. Yeah. And then you get back to reality. So you take a seeker? deep breath. You go. <sighs> we're okay yeah. everything's okay because okay. <laughs> it gives you it gives you such a a, a bizarrely introspective perspective and such yeah. an intensely sensitive view of the world that when the ride is over like you get <laughs> off and you go okay we're fine now okay this is helpful Thank it's like you. going on a really shitty vacation so work hints. feels better so you appreciate your job <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah okay well it's not even that it's shitty it's just that in it's uniquely terrifying moments Mm-hmm. It, it reveals to you the, the beauty of just placid reality when everything's just re- relaxed. See, yeah, see, I just get I, – I used to smoke all the time, but I hit this rut of massive anxiety mm. and just sick. Well, you I, don't really <laughs> remember like – was it like your 23rd and 24th year? Is that yeah. what you said? <laughs> yeah, it was about two years. That was about high for two years. Yeah, Wait. it was pretty crazy. It was really and tough to work with you then. I, I love you, but you. It was, that was – those were some tough Shaped times. you as a man. <laughs> yeah. All those journeys you went on. Anything. Those cosmic voyages to despair. Yeah. Exactly. Twisty, turny roads into the night well, where you, you hear cars start like to sputter. Well, for you, weed is like cocaine. You're like... It is. It's very much an upper. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it's really tough to drive for a long time. Tough to be around? What is... You know, it's interesting how they will prescribe certain like kind of uppers to people that are hyperactive. And it sort of balances that out. Adderall's really fun. Let me tell you. I've heard that it, from several people this week. It feels like the, the <laughs> two times I've taken Adderall recreationally, sorry, um, <laughs> I felt like I was on mushrooms. It was the best thing ever. Actually, we were in Paris. What? We were in Paris on what tour. Which up your dopamine. And I, I, mm-hmm. I took an Adderall, and we went to the Eiffel Tower, <laughs> and 
I had the best time ever. I felt amazing. Wow. Yeah, it was super That's fun. That's insane. And we had a really fun show. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't... Did they have croissants? Did you do a show on Adderall? Adderall? No, no, no. It was way earlier in the day. I was oh, so ready to... The Adderall gamble. was worn off? Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't like to be... Um, How long does it take to wear off? I don't know, six hours? hours. Oh, my God. Hours. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. It's an Holy shit. It You're time. the second person. Hannibal Burress said it the other day, it too. It was really fun. But, you know... Burris? I, I say his name wrong all the time. With, Burris. With Sorry. shows and Sorry, stuff like that, you definitely, like, you got to be present. You know, you don't want... I have to be in control of all of my faculties wow. as much as possible. Yeah, no, I totally understand. But something that lasts for six hours, that seems like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Boners that last for six hours. Yeah, that's, that's a problem. That's a problem. We've talked about that two days. All of it. Oh all of it's God. a problem. All of it's a problem. God, it's crazy. Did you wear a fanny pack or something to like? I actually just took one last night, so I, I'm on it right now. So are you? Wow. Do you have wood right now? TMI, I don't Brian. That. I don't know if I want to know. TMI. I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I'm amazed how you can feel comfortable ever here. Just knowing he's breathing. So you're saying you went out last night, or did you just stay home alone? Well, sometimes he just fires one up just to let everybody know what's up. Yeah, I, went, I got a massage last night, so I just did it before that. Right. A massage in quotes, air quotes. You creeper. It's just better yeah. that way. Listen, we, we live in trying times. He's it dealing wasn't with even a rub and tug. You just wanted to fuck with the massage just, yeah, therapist. Yeah, 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 asshole. What an asshole. This giant fucking snake coming out of the top of his pants. It's a place what at is the mall. that? Is that a turtle head? What is that? Oh, what no. is that? What's that? Oh, God. What's that pink Can thing? Can we go back to talking about passion and, and fun? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? We need to talk about everything. That's the problem. Yeah. You can't just talk only about passion. People get bored of the same goddamn speeches over and over again. You brought up the boner anyway. Listen. I did. <laughs> Story of my life. I would bring it up if I was a chick, too. You're welcome. If I was a chick, I'd be bringing up boners all day. So hey, explain hey, hey. to me, boners. Do you know when they're coming? What are you guys doing later? I'd be like, <laughs> is it like, does it give you like a whisper? Do you hear like whistling in your ears? <laughs> you know, the, the, the demon boner's on its way. Spider-sense. The howling between the worlds opens up just a creak. And, <laughs> and the boner spirits come flying through your fucking nervous system. Boner spirits. You feel yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, like I, I there's I had an interesting conversation with this girl once, and she was talking about like uh, um, like the difference between uh, a woman getting excited and a man getting excited is that it's pretty obvious if a man's excited, but like a woman could be a prostitute and she could totally pretend to be excited sure. and not give a fuck, but a man has like this one thing that he has to show. Uh, yeah. it's ex- and so if, if he's like acting excited but he doesn't have an erection they're like hey <laughs> something what are you doing are you being here. deceptive liar here? what's going on here you are full of shit it's like it's interesting how nature set that up it's way easier to lie to dudes it's also I way just, easier to lie to dudes but it, I, mean, I disagree though I'm not I mean god we're we're totally getting down but like if you're if you're not wet you're not wet and that's that's got to be disappointing for a dude. Uh, yeah, but that's I mean, come like a on. Loop there's a fingers. difference. We don't know any better. You know we're there's retarded, a barely. Not I could convince myself otherwise. <laughs> men, men are retarded. <laughs> it's easy for us to. Yeah, you know, she's not. She wasn't wet, but it was. She you was know so the horny. difference between the problem your spit is she's on this new juice. pill. She's, this doesn't, you know, she's probably going to get off and go organic. <laughs> she's probably gluten free. It does make a difference. I'm being, sure it being does. Being on birth control and not on birth control, it's what I'm like saying a is mind you, fuck. I'm, I bet it does. It's yeah. insane. You have 
better orgasms. Like all the whole thing. It's like you off of it. Come out from this. Yeah. 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 I'm sure. It, it's it's like a muted sexual side to yourself. Mm, I'm sure. I mean, but your boobs get bigger, and that's fun. It's letting your body think that it's pregnant. Yeah, it's I mean, really that's weird. That's what it is. It's letting your body think that it's I, pregnant. I um, I don't think I would ever go back on anything like that. It's crazy. It's probably not the smartest thing for your body, right? But it helps people in some things, like girls who have acne. A lot of it times does. will get on. It actually it. gave me acne. Whoa. Yeah, it was a real bummer. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting still also that they've never figured out a solution like that for men, like a pill solution. And I wonder if you it had try that the same sort of compromising aspects. Like, Well, there's Accutane if you want the hard stuff, but that's pretty No, no, no. I, I think we're talking about I don't mean for zits. Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean something that keeps Moving men. Moving up north. It <laughs> makes men sterile. Like a sterilizer. Yeah. Pill. That, well, that's a horrible <laughs> Thought. Is it like a temporary sterilization? Listen to what you just said. That's a horrible thought. <clears throat> but the pill. Well, because I think about is like the well, vasectomy is reversible, it. is it not? And apparently it's like a walk in procedure. I don't just know do it, if it's 100% reversible. I think sometimes they can, you know, I mean, you have to go to a really good doctor that knows what they're doing. But I think there are definitely can be complications whenever you start cutting and stitching stuff it is back unfortunate up. that all of the pressure lies on the woman Let's yeah be it is it is and you're right i did just sex. kind of reveal it like that now that i think about it it is it's horrifying to me to think of fucking with the testicles but at the same time it's totally routine to be like yeah hey, take that pill yeah, do you know what it's like to get your, an iud that shit is fucked up i went into shock <laughs> did you really <laughs> yeah i i went into shock like i literally um you know had like it's it's called um, baso or vague. I don't know how to describe. I can't remember the actual vasodilation. Word, well, you you um your body like re- it doesn't reject. I'm just it, repeating words I've heard online. It's that sound. It's close, <laughs> but it's like there's there's a word for it. And I know transcontinental railroad, but it's it's intense. <laughs> the Gadsden you know? purchase. It's great. It's really funny. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're talking about. Can't you you're going into shock because you got a robot and fucking insert into your vagina, and we're like coming up with witty words. <laughs> Sorry. How, no, I'm what over a bunch it. of dicks. I feel better. It's okay. I, I can fucking know, hang with the boys. It's, it certainly is like rude, uh, not just of us, but of culture to sort of make that distinction. Like, it would be disgusting for a guy to take a pill that makes you sterile, like kills your sperm. You'd be like turned off by that. Do you think they thought that. of it and just didn't put it on the market? I think there's a certain valuable asset sort of <laughs> mindset that goes along with the idea of fertility. Mm. And I think that virility and f- fertility are very important to men. And the idea of killing all your spermies with a pill seems scary. Yeah. You know, if you're really going to totally commit, you would get an operation. If you weren't going to totally commit, the idea of cooking them with some sort of an evil compound. Man, whoop, just freeze that shit. You'll be, you'll be fine. Whoop. Yeah, but. I th- it can't come out the same way. It's like vegetables. Yeah, you know probably. I mean? Would you cook with frozen vegetables? It's like drinking V8. Sure. Would you rather cook with frozen vegetables? Not necessarily. Yeah, yeah. something's wrong there. Yeah. Something's wrong. Okay, we don't know enough. what it is. I, I, I totally get it. If I was a chick, I'd be really bummed out if somebody wanted me to take a pill that made my body think that it's pregnant yeah. and then also kills your libido, which is probably what, what nature would do. Like almost automatically, if you're pregnant, probably like, okay, slow down, hooker. Slow yeah. <laughs> down. You don't need any more dick. You, you got a baby on the way. You know, Take it down a notch. It's, um, it's an interesting, like, when you go through your relationships, like, obviously, if you're dating, it's not as much of a problem, you know, because you use condoms and that's fine, honestly. Like, but 
But if you're really serious with somebody and then you get to that point where you're like, you know, I love you. I don't want to use this anymore. Let's it's, let's kick it up a notch. Right. You know, it is. Uh, then you get when to that point where you. like you you have to figure out, well, shit, how do I want to manipulate my body to have more pleasurable sex or, or a more intimate connection, if you will. And or, or you know, um, let's just uh, let's have a, you know, risk that we're going to take. Yeah. And it may or may not make a baby. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. The, the idea may or may not make a person is a fucking tricky yeah. thing, especially when you're young musicians trying to travel the road. And Yeah, I don't want to get anybody pregnant on the road. That would fucking yeah. suck. What would happen if you had to b- visit your baby daddy in Tennessee? You got some guy <laughs> pregnant in Tennessee. Awful. Imagine if chicks could get guys <laughs> pregnant. Boy, dudes would be such prudes. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> If girls could get us pregnant, they'd be like fucking guys. Would be like, it would be a total role reversal. What the fuck are yeah. you crying about? Well, I could jerk off. I just yeah. fucking jerk off. Going I'm gay. fine over here, just jerking off. I don't uh, need anybody getting me pregnant. We would just get tons of abortions. Would be like the like a, everyone would be getting abortions Maybe. every day. But what if you were a dude who had this like weird sort of genetic desire to breed? You know, what if you were like you had all these male aggressive qualities that we associate with being male, but also, the need to get pregnant. Like, yeah. the it's, universe hit a switch on you. It's There's weirder shit when it comes to, like, fucking frogs that can switch sex and weird, weird fucking bugs that... You know, it's interesting. Some people love to get pregnant just to say that they're pregnant. I'm not kidding. It's really fucking weird. You meet a lot of people out there, you know, and it's just like... Do you, you think know, they're really getting pregnant just to say they're pregnant? Um, or do you think they just like to fuck? Maybe they're not getting pregnant, but, but they sometimes they... I, Enjoy the um, what's well, like an accomplishment portion, right? To a certain degree, well, it definitely gets sudden, you. Okay, congratulations, no, almost immediately. Yeah. Well, I definitely feel like it, it can be. Ex- let me rephrase that because God, you know, go for it, everybody. If you want to, <laughs> if you want to get down, procreate, like <sighs> fucking more power to you. But you have to admit, you've seen people exploit it. Yes, in a way that it's like, like, do you really want to have this this life that you're creating, or do you just love like your Facebook updates? And you know what I mean? Like, right, there's there's right, an right. interesting aspect. Like, I think it's it's um someone in in someone I know posted a photo of the pregnancy test, right on the Facebook. It was like you peed on that. <laughs> like, that's fucked up you know as as uh, i think um as a person who's never given birth your perspective would radically change if you that's true and i've never been pregnant inside so. of you but it's also like what people choose to and not to share on facebook right you know right. that gets real squirrely like yeah. when you, you know, like sometimes like you go on someone's facebook and like especially if it's someone that you know and they write like a bunch of like really personal shit about a also, relationship a really or something thing, you're like yeah. I don't. I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm gonna walk away from this. Like I don't want to. Certainly like, not gonna comment. Yeah. You go, girl. <laughs> you know, good things come to those who wait. Or some fucking Maxwell House coffee commercial. <laughs> like, I mean, like whatever. You know, blah blah blah. Sorry to hear you. Fucking, you're in the dumps. Like, what, like why is why are people like broadcasting stuff friend, like that ben, to the whole remember world? Remember the guy who was like, he was like, 
like that's it i'm done like yeah, i'm on people, the people edge really reach out, man. and you reach out but to I, him because you're a good uh, man ben had somebody that he knew we're not gonna but like it was say his name <laughs> <laughs> it'd be good for everybody involved norman no. rockwell <laughs> norman <laughs> your painting seems so cheery yeah. americana yeah. you captured it well, I, I think people are fucking lonely yeah and and that's that, it right that is an outlet that everyone has access to, you know? So nobody's going to listen to them in real life so they can put it out there and maybe someone will listen to them digitally. It's a powerful and yet terrifying thing sometimes because then you, you get people that are fucking annoying and then people that are really serious in a dark way mm-hmm. or, you know, it's it's such a weird balance. I, yeah. I can never tell how I feel about it because social media is great for a band like us because that's how you stay afloat. Right. You know, that's how you stay present. Right. Um, Because we're not a signed band. We're not on the radio. Um, But at the same time, then there's like, then your personal circle, your personal friends. And that's some crazy shit. You know, sometimes you just get these people that like, they want to reveal these really personal things. And I never know what to do. I, you know. Right. I just block that shit. And I think it's, it can be off-putting, but it's also important too for people to be able to get shit out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was I I was listening to something they were talking about journal. these mental health. <laughs> yeah, talk, talk to Sorry. people. I think talk it's good to, to talk to people, man. Yeah, talking and, to people's yeah. definitely the best. Yeah, I was. It is. You're was, right. You're right. I'm I heard sorry. something about I'm, mental you know, health workers in Africa, right? And they were they were over there, and all these African tribes, uh, people or more native people, were kind of rejecting these mental health workers because they'd come in. Uh, oh yeah. And uh, and. The, these people, the more uh, uh, these African people would say, well, they come in here and they don't say anything about dancing. They don't say anything about putting it out for the community. They don't say anything about turning these feelings, uh, you know, uh, uh, depersonalizing them as evil spirits. They just tell us to come into a room uh, with a stranger, a dark room with a stranger, and talk about their problems. You know, talk like about talk the therapy. Shit. Huh. You know? Instead of, and they'd say, we don't want this kind of Western feel. We want to just. Get it out and do it together and right. dance and hang, you know? And I'm not saying Facebook is really doing that, but there's a certain similarity there between like, man, share it. It's all right. It, well, it is eventually, I think. Cause there's right, excessive sharing, though. Well, there's excessive sharing, and it's also <clears throat> like – it's all about like the the – the, the comfort that people have in discussing like very personal relationship stuff with or, or very personal uh, – you know, m- m- morbid thoughts or w- worries about your own finite life or whatever it is that you like. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you read someone's Facebook page and you want to know whether or not you should reach out to them. <coughs> read some like weird moody thing that they wrote and you go, whoa, like what the fuck is he saying here? Yeah. Like what is this some shit that I'm going to read and then wish that I called him when I hear that something went wrong? Yeah. You know? Yeah. We all worry about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think that. What we're doing by like connecting with each other on like things like Twitter and then things like Facebook and then ultimately whatever the new ones are that keep coming because it seems like they're never it's never going to stop they're going to get like deep this Oculus Rift Facebook connection who knows where the hell that's going to lead but that that could lead to some insane place I mean what? Oculus Rift if you've never put it on before Duncan has one of these things you slap the helmet on maybe he'll let you use it. <laughs> It's amazing, and what? right now it's it's in its. What infancy. is it? I don't I don't know anything about it. Oh, how dare you! <laughs> Teach it's, 
Oculus Rift is a new version of virtual reality that they're developing games for. And they have a few demos right now, and they're making some new games. But most of what you're getting when you look at the tech these days is uh, essentially samples of what's potentially possible. A door into whatever this is that's so intoxicating that Facebook, how much do they pay for it? Uh, I think it was $300. 300 bucks is a well, it's good just, it's just a dev, it's just a dev kit right now so like right now it's really No 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 I mean how much did Facebook oh, pay 2 billion, 2 billion. <laughs> Jesus Mary I thought you'd be silly no. you're like 300 dollars <laughs> so I'm like damn I wish I'd known I would give him four <laughs> shit but what it, 2 billion hello that's how crazy this technology is you put this headset on and you like look around and you see the sky you see leaves falling from the trees you see birds flying around three dimensional environment what yeah and they have this uh one can you interact with it you can walk around in it uh-huh. um right now you can't interact with it but uh, I want unquestionably to text Duncan it's coming and say, i want to wear your helmet but yeah. that might be weird no it won't he'll let you do both <laughs> you should be specify which one you like first or whether or not together because that would be fucking crazy with the helmet on you'd be like what am i feeling but what am i seeing they really, i see leaves falling but someone's fucking me in the ass they really got to figure it out though because it's it still makes a lot of people sick and you know every time i let people use it they they're like oh yeah most of them are like, no, this is, I can't, I have to sit down. Well, or, I tried it. It didn't make me sick. I think it's the universe trying to weed out weak bitches. <laughs> I just hey, did you do you... the roller coaster one? No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> I did, the one I did was so mild. I'm completely kidding because all right. I did was walk around in the backyard. It okay, didn't make yeah. me sick. Demo. But I have heard. I get sick when I read my laptop in the back of a car. Like if I'm in the back seat and someone else is driving and I try to read so my laptop. So how are you with I'll things get... like Call of Duty, like three, like 360 video games? I can't do that shit. It's like watching yeah. the Blair Witch Project. I don't, I don't play them because I get addicted to games. Peaky. I have a, a seriously an peaky. issue. <laughs> seriously peaky, peaky. I've had a little bit of nothing. Um, you get a little crazy with yeah. Call of Duty. It well, it just makes you pukey. Oh, it makes pukey. me super. I thought super you said peaky. I was I like, might, I'm not I sure might what have. You mean. I feel like I hear myself slurring, and I want to stop talking now. So goodbye. Listen, um, I think we're out of time. We're going to turn That's into perfect. a pumpkin any second now. But it was it's always awesome hanging out with you guys. I'm Thanks honored to be your friend. So I, I love you guys. You're the shit. You're such you positive, awesome, fun people to be around. And uh, we're, I can speak for Brian. We're honored to be friends with you. Yeah. I'm tired of speaking for you, Brian. Speak for Stop. yourself, bitch. I love you guys. Love yeah. you, Brian. He said it. He means it, too. He tells me when you're not around. Uh, thanks to our podcast sponsors. Thanks to, uh, God damn it, why don't I have a Luminosity. Yeah, I know what it is. I just don't know what their code is. Lumosity. Make them all the same. Hold on. I'll find out. Lumosity. I won't leave you hanging, you freaks, because I, I love your I think you just say that website. Joe sent you. Like, there's when oh, you're signing up, there's a place to actually choose. No, it's actually... Podcast. You're wrong again, Brian. <laughs> it's lumosity.com slash Joe. So go to lumosity.com slash Joe and click the start training button and start playing your first game. Lumosity, it's a bunch of cool games designed to increase your brain's ability to to function faster because of exercise. The idea is it's a gym for your mind. Now, what I said there, your brain's ability to function faster, take into account that I am certainly not a scientist by any stretch of the imagination, nor do I know if those games really, truly... I read studies that they say that games, video games especially, enhance cognitive function in some strange way. What the fuck do I know, though, folks, huh? Am I there while they're doing these tests? Huh? What I'm saying is, Lumosity is fun and 
accomplishes a lot of the, uh, the things that they've attributed to uh, video games. Uh, you can even design games specifically for the shit that you're interested in. And I'm giving Lumosity a full commercial because I'm not sure if we did it the first time because it got sort of eliminated by an accidental oh, yeah. Mac explosion. Anyway, Lumosity.com forward slash Joe. I will see you guys on Friday with the great Dennis McKenna. Dennis is uh, bringing in uh, a good friend of his, and uh, we're going to have a crazy podcast that is most likely going to blow your fucking mind. So tune in then as well. And uh, I will see you guys uh, April 3rd in Miami at the Fillmore Theater with the great Tony Hinchcliffe and uh, the other two dates, uh, Baltimore on uh, April 25th and Orlando on April 18th. Both those dates are almost sold out, so hop on it, freaks. All right, much love. See you soon. Big kiss. Honey, honey. Honey, honey band on Twitter. Holla. Holla.